0: drops
1: Morpheus, Morpheus is, is fighting Neo. Neo. Hello and welcome to the Hollywood Fishbowl. I am and can only be your host, Jesse Kester, but today as per, per always, um, I I am not alone. I am joined by the one, the only, the absolutely fantastic, immaculate and illustrious
2: Phoebe Silva
1: the pause there made me think that you didn't think I was talking about you with that setup. Well, you
2: were looking at me, so I knew you were, but I didn't know if I was to introduce myself or if you you introduced
1: me. You did beautifully. And (laughs) and when I say words like that, just assume I'm talking about you from Uh, now on and that it's almost time for you to talk. But uh, there's a third voice floating in the very ether of this room, and it comes from a throat that I know well. That sentence started way Way better than it ended. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> it comes Sorry, Mama from...
3: Jessie.
1: Uh, Swinky. <laughs> the one, the only, the illustrious.
3: Swinky, hi.
1: Swinky, we're trying an experiment today. So, mm-hmm. um, look, I'm a fantastic host. I'm a world-class host. <laughs> I am among the best that has ever existed. Mm-hmm. But, um, no man is an island, as they say. Mm. And I, we're trying to see what it would be like if Swinky my wife Mm -hmm. my best friend my rock Mm -hmm. in this world do you want me to keep going no okay Would join us on the mic. And this is a great episode in which to do that because Phoebe, you uh, I don't wanna I don't want to impose my frames on you, but uh, you're a musician. You yeah. work in music. Is that I, fair?
2: I do primarily work in music. How know? would you
1: frame yourself? Let me take a step back and let you be you for a minute. Yeah, you
2: stop talking and I, I guess you. <laughs> <laughs> Um I have such a hard time like defining myself in succinct terms. Um, I, I yeah, I usually just say at this point in my life, I'm a musician, I'm a collaborative musician music maker. I'm a singer songwriter. I'm a violinist. I do session work. I do lots of other shit too. But uh, yeah, that's my primary world is the music world.
1: I know you. I know you in two ways primarily. Like this is our first time sitting down and just chit chatting like mm. normal human beings. The way I know you, the two things that I recognize you for doing is one, shredding the violin. <laughs> I'm always surprised it doesn't catch on fire by the end of your shows. And the other thing you do well is is light up the stage, if I may.
0: Ah, oh, shucks. That's kind
2: <laughs> thing to say.
1: <laughs> and this is this is one where. Um, this is why Swinky's on this episode. Right. This is why we're trying it out for this one is because Swinky also works in the world of music and I thought it would be a good, uh, there's only so much I know about that world. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll have my questions throughout this conversation, but eventually I'm going to run out of things to wonder about cause I just don't know. <laughs> right. So I'm hoping that Swinky, you will jump in and have, ask, yeah, I'm sure questions have questions about, questions. I'm
2: about sure about you have. have questions. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's and be
1: I imagine both of you will have answers, but I am abstaining from answering any questions. Go ahead, ask me something. See what happens.
2: Um, what did you have for breakfast today? Not telling. <laughs> get ready
1: for a lot of caginess from me throughout this episode.
3: You are a terrible interviewee.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> it's my dream to be the worst.
3: <laughs> um,
1: before we get into all of that, but, uh, we've got we've got so much more on the show. We've of course we're gonna halfway through the show we're gonna give you the show because mm. I'm lazy as fuck and I don't want to host forever so you're going to take over and you're going to get to do whatever you want with the show halfway through Ew. then we're going to give the show over to The Fishbowl which is the collection of questions that have been donated generously by previous guests to keep Thank the conversation the less I host I find the better the show is oh. so um, that's what that's what we're trying to work around right there. <laughs> okay. Before we get to any of that we're going to do 5 and 5 where I ask you 5 questions you have 1 minute to answer each question that is why we call it 5 and 5 it's 5 questions in 5 minutes am i getting through to you yes cool okay i'm sweating (laughs) i hope you are (laughs) this is the easy part Mm. once i shut my mouth all the work is on your shoulders are you
3: still talking ask a (laughs) question
1: five and five here we go okay um you will get beeps they sound like this
2: oh like a um truck backing up
1: exactly and you've eaten two seconds into your first question
2: question?
1: where did you grow up and how did that inform your adulthood
2: I grew up in San Diego well technically North County San Diego so it's like the suburbs sort of vista to be exact Um, and also Toronto randomly because my mom moved there when I was eight and so I did a year in Toronto then a year in California then a year in Toronto then a year in California for a while
1: was that like a custody thing it was a custody thing joint
2: custody thing when my parents split Um, it informed my adulthood in the sense that I have moved so many times I'm so numb I can nest anywhere I can be comfortable anywhere I can make friends with anybody I could freaking talk to a brick wall like I'm very flexible that sounds
1: like a challenge for me to make you uncomfortable like just to see if I can do it while you're here
2: that'll be fun let's see how that goes
3: okay <laughs> you we won't let me
1: will wall? you you'll One. you'll intervene if I try to make this a nightmare
3: yeah, okay. <laughs> Pew. Oh,
1: okay. You did. You did, did fantastic. Yeah. That was that was phenomenal. Okay. You get a little break nice. in between. What's question two? Question number two, what is the must engage media, the book, the television show, the album that opened up your brain to the very secrets of the universe?
2: Wow. That's a great question. I mean, I'm a
1: great interviewer. You really are.
2: (laughs) Um, my, one of my, I think probably my favorite book of all time is Patti Smith's memoir, just kids. If any creative person hasn't read it, you've got to read it. She, her prose is absolutely stunning and it's all about her coming up in New York City at the end of the 60s, early 70s, mm-hmm. when it was just this incredibly fertile, beautiful community where every fucking artistic person knew each other and hung out. Mm. And yeah, a lot of them did a lot of drugs and uh, like there was a lot of debauchery, but it's just a really beautiful, beautiful book and it made me just really like crave that kind of creative community so badly
1: and you did time in New York didn't you I
2: did I did almost eight years
1: we'll get into that because we don't have enough time on this one but also I just want to say I always love it when people say it was a book so many movies come up lots of Raiders of the Lost Ark and stuff like that (laughs) because this is the
2: town I've never seen Raiders of the Lost Ark you're fine it's
1: good Question number three, what is the greatest source of joy in your life?
2: Oh man, um, I would say right now, it's my friends, I uh, this music community that I've become a part of over the last few years in LA, this independent music community is so glorious, it really is the community that I was dreaming of when I was reading that book, and like in New York, it felt like that didn't exist, and mm-hmm. then I moved to LA and found, and switched my focus from acting to music, and found this really rich community of people who support each other, who want to make things together who are just totally driven by experience and emotion and passion for creating and like and are just like some of the most fun loving open-hearted people I've ever ever met it's a really it's I, I keep saying this is like my favorite era of the many eras of my life right. <laughs> thus wow. far. it's cool I'm broke as fuck but it's really fun so. <laughs> <laughs> was, was Nashville ever on the map no but I think it will be someday okay. I imagine so
1: Alright you're doing fine You got two more questions I'm watching
2: the timer so Oh good (laughs) You're really good Thanks
1: Question number next Um, What gets under your skin?
2: Um, Ignorance gets under my skin And people who uh, project their, their issues onto each other People who kind of haven't Taking the time to look at themselves and figure out what their things that they can work on are and their limitations that they're imposing on themselves. That's something I do a lot of work on myself, because <laughs> I realized over the last few years through a variety of circumstances that I was limiting myself in all these ways. And so I try to take meet everybody at face value. And when I get kind of come at with this very um Projecty kind of aggressive thing. I just, I, that will push my buttons so fast and I'll feel like I need to lecture people. Aww. I need to stop doing that. People don't like it. Really? <laughs> yeah. No is, one likes to be lectured by me, yet I can't seem to fucking stop.
1: Sometimes. <laughs> I have been living under the assumption that people, especially Swinky, love being lectured by me. <laughs>
3: yep, yeah, you. That's where you go wrong.
1: Alright, here we go. Last question. Uh, what is the best advice you've received and what is the advice that you want to put out into the universe from your heart and brain?
2: Oh man, that's such a good question. I don't know. I've gotten a lot of good advice lately. Um, I have a friend who has told, literally said to me, we were touring together. We were playing a show. I was doing a set by myself and she goes afterwards, she goes, you really need to stop doing that hating yourself thing on stage because you're good. And like, Stop it. Like, Wait,
1: do you let the audience know? Like, No, it's okay, more just okay. I get
2: self-conscious and I'm a very, very open book. So especially when I'm on stage and on social media and everything, mm-hmm. I air all of my insecurities all the time, mm-hmm. partly because I don't like holding them in, I can't hold them in, partly because it's kind of art for me too, <laughs> to mm-hmm. be like, I'm gonna air all of this, like deliberately. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that that's some good advice I'm working hard on and I would say my advice to give to others is don't judge yourself. And then you won't judge other people. We Mm -hmm. don't have time for a judgment. You Mm. know, we just don't.
1: You killed five and five. Do you want the celebration music?
2: Absolutely. (laughs) <laughs>
1: All right, that's the anthem. I would like to, If I, can I get your permission to ease off the gas pedal a little bit yes. and just like let's enjoy a flowier, slowier Good, I was going to say my heart is like racing. No, I was my like, back is sweating at <laughs> this point. Stop way. talking but in you time.
3: handled it really well.
1: <laughs> Are you ready for five and five on your turn, Sweetie? No. Okay,
3: <laughs> let's keep the focus on Phoebe then. On Phoebe, there. <laughs> it's about Phoebs today.
1: There is, there's something you said that made me think of something I thought uh, at some point and I forget what what it was give me a second to plumb the depths of my memory from a minute and a half yeah. ago it was oh oh it was when I realized in my life that everything that drives me nuts about other people is what I hate most about myself Yes. like it was about that yes. lecturing other people yes. when that clicks when you're like oh shit yes that's a paradigm shift and I think that's when you actually become an adult I when think you start so. processing that truth <laughs> that is
2: such a great way to put it it's mm. so true and the really crazy thing about it is like you, you kind of have to have that realization a bunch of times before mm-hmm. it starts to sink in mm-hmm. so you're mm-hmm. kind of like am I becoming an adult am I starting to shift my perspective am I starting yes. to learn things am <laughs> I understanding
1: that I myself am loathsome and need fixing too yeah
2: yeah I yeah. came out with
1: guns a blazing when I was a teenager like Dude. I had it all figured out yeah
2: well and that's like that's natural I think for mm-hmm. teenagers because you're try- like how do you figure it out by like yes. trying to figure it out And Mm. pretending that you do, and then realizing that you don't.
1: You have no (laughs) clue. This is the tea sip moment. That, tea was sip. moment that was a moment of silence for the sipping of tea, and I hope everyone at home is is sipping on theirs as sipping
3: well. On <laughs> tea. Grab a cup.
1: And I also want to talk. I, we'll get into the simple stuff later, but that's like this is way more interesting to me about the self loathing on stage. Yeah. How does that How does that come through? Because it what like you're not on the mic being like, Hey, did you guys see how hard I sucked? You're, no,
2: never. <laughs> but, never.
1: but your your bandmates can smell it on you when you're like when you get in your head. Yeah, how, absolutely. How does that manifest in you? Like what what's the performance? Performance moment.
2: Um, that's a great question. How does
1: it feel and and well, how does it I, show?
2: I think it is because I've literally been performing for 30 years. I'm 33. I, my mom put a tiny violin in my hand when I was three mm-hmm. years old and I've been on stage ever since. And I, you know, did theater and all kinds of stuff. So I'm really comfortable on stage and I'm really, really comfortable being visible. Yeah. Um, and and to a point where like. I, sometimes I'm like, I'm almost like too comfortable with it. <laughs> like,
4: yeah, I'm almost, yeah.
2: I'm like, I like r- was writing something on Instagram the other day and I was like, man, I'm almost like my, my impulse to expose myself emotionally is like almost masochistic sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but for a long time to that same question, like I didn't know who the fuck I was as a human being until like I practically hit 30, like all through my 20s and I was in New York and I was pursuing acting. Um, I really like thought I knew who I was and what I wanted to do. And I just found myself becoming more and more miserable and like w- doing the thing that I had grown up thinking, well, I'm going to move to New York. I'm going to be on Broadway. Yeah. Like that's who I am. That defines me. And then I started kind of, you know, meeting other people who were doing other creative things and kind of having my worldview rocked, um, through various relationships and experiences and then realizing like, man, maybe the only reason I ever wanted to do this was because it was the thing I was already doing. I was kind of good at it. It made me feel like I belonged to something, but maybe it doesn't really suit who I am. And maybe Mm. I don't even fucking know who I am and like what my, I don't know, like I've had a lot of uh, difficulty kind of learning about myself. Mm. (laughs) Um, so yeah. So I think that like, I know that, um, you know, I've been performing as a singer songwriter now for really not that long, like just Mm -hmm. over a year. And before that, I was primarily performing as a as a violinist, like a session violinist, and uh, and I'd been writing songs for a, for several years. But uh, I fell into this community of songwriters, and I, there's a part of me that is still looking at myself, going, "Can I be the thing that I really want to be? Like, can I be the thing that I see these other people?" Being like just existing in the truth of who they are, and I re- it resonates with me so strongly, and I think that's what I am too. But I'm not sure if I can be because I have to change the way I look at myself and think yeah. about myself. That's actually talking to talk about Patty Smith's book. That's a no, thing I she was talks thinking about exactly
1: about that. Like I um, I haven't read it, but I was thinking I about how think you so like. Did without hesitation, you jumped on that book and said that that was yeah. it. So you had like this really romantic view of New York and what it would mean to be living there. And you, and that and you kind of built a- And
2: I was living there at the time I was yeah. reading it and I was like, man, this, this New is York me. is dead. Like this New oh. York doesn't exist. Cause mm. it was New York in the seventies mm-hmm. when like mm-hmm. they were living at the Chelsea hotel and like No, I was Janice just gonna Joplin mention letter Cohen. Like, and, and, yeah, literally you everybody definitely and had those and, on and your and headphones you all, and like all those people like, mm. yeah. Uh, yeah, and I was so sad reading that book. Like, man, mm this is what this city used to be and Mm. it just feels so corporate and sanitary now like all of the landmark venues that she talks about in that book like have all been torn down and turned into condos Mm. like Mm. there's still like there's less of that in LA I was really surprised when Mm. I moved here that there's less of that kind of paving over the like cultural history of the city like the Mm. city celebrates it there's more
1: Mm. there's more real estate here that
2: that's some true. of it can
1: be preserved for, in the old way, and some of it can be corporatized. And totally. if they need more, they can go out to the desert and make a make another Target That's and a good Starbucks. Point. Yeah,
2: you don't have just this narrow little island. Yeah. so you right, have to right, just keep right. building or like with up Manhattan. Of yeah. Out, yeah. <laughs> you're
1: never getting another square foot in Manhattan. No, they're all, done. In
2: fact, they're probably going to lose a few in the ocean yes. in a few years. Yeah, so. yeah, the,
1: the dummies building an island by the water.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so then you're you're in your mid twenties. You're in New York City and the 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 romantic glow is fading. The rose colored glasses aren't working. And <laughs> you start you start like thinking like you've got to figure out who you are. So yeah. what's that? I mean nobody goes into that I've got to discover myself journey with a game plan because you can't have a game no. like it's a it's a journey of discovery yeah. but looking back like what was that path like what what yeah. worked for you you
2: know what's really nuts this is gonna sound super Sorry. cliche maybe but like it was totally a guy oh <laughs> like, <laughs>
1: see darling I'm always telling you a man's touch is necessary totally for me. a guy
2: <laughs> well yeah. so I was like 25 and I had been in New York for like four years and I was like auditioning I was doing the whole like I was on the Broadway circuit and I was like were you in on
1: Broadway shows. I like, was
2: never in a Broadway show. I, I got to the point where I was I, I was getting called in for Broadway shows, but I never okay. was able to get an agent. Um, and I just had a really hard time like knowing how to market myself. Um, and I think I was kind of too young for my type. That's the whole thing. It's, it's like frustrating Wait, what, thing about too young or, for your type. You so
1: you play older than you I, are on paper or no, the it's other Sort way. of
2: like if you're if your type. This is like a theater thing. I feel like this it doesn't exist in a film as much as it does in theater because theater is really antiquated and mm. like. It's still the way that it function is still very, yeah. is very outdated mm. um, for the like, you know, social media age. But mm. um, but like if you're a leading lady type, which was like mm-hmm. my type and I went through all of high school and college being told this was my type. You know, you, the roles aren't really for you until you're like 35. So oh, I was yeah, 25 yeah, 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 yeah. and I was like kind of getting called in for like 18 year old parts. And I was like, yeah, do I play Eighteen. At yeah, 25? yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was too young. I read too young to play, and and too inexperienced to play. Like you know. So now that I'm like in my mid thirties, I'm like, oh shit! If I like was doing that now, I'd probably be killing it. But I also like mm-hmm. needed to quit acting to like learn who the fuck I was. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah. So I met this guy when I was 25, mm-hmm. who uh was just like I was waiting tables. I had been to college. I was such a like. I'm a real like. I'm a very big picture thinker, so I Mm -hmm. always kind of had this big picture plan of like where I would be and what I'd be doing and I'm like a little go-getter and shit and Mm -hmm. like I met this guy who (laughs) I met him on OK Cupid and he was living in like this hipster part of Brooklyn and Bushwick um, and he was unemployed. He had been in the Navy like when I was in college. He was in the Navy. We were the same age uh, for like six years. And then he got out of the Navy. He went home to Oregon. He was really bored in Oregon Mm. and like shooting lots of pool and like smoking lots of weed and then was like, I'm going to take my money I saved in the military and like travel. So he went to Greece for like a week or a month or something and then he went to Italy and he like traveled a little and then he was gonna try to get a job in England but he told he was too honest to the like customs people and told them he was trying to work and they were like you don't have a work visa so they kicked him out of the country <laughs> and he was like I don't want to go home to Oregon so he moved to New York like randomly and was like yeah. I'm just going to kick it in New York for a while and he like lived in hostels and spent all his savings and like busked in the subway and then like what
1: was his busking talent
2: Um clarinet <laughs> Oh wow But like but he's also like a visual artist but self-taught like a really beautiful visual artist mm-hmm um anyway so like then he like ran out of money and then he got a job working for the census and then got an apartment and then quit the job and was collecting unemployment and that was when i met him and he literally was so happy to just do nothing like to just live and just Mm -hmm. get stoned draw party with his friends play video games and like that was it and i met this dude and like he was really beautiful and we just had like an instant instant connection Mm -hmm. and um and i kind of was just like we kind of just like knocked each other off of our feet. Like Mm. I was like, I've never met anybody who relates to the world like that. Who's just kind Mm -hmm. of like wants to exist and make stuff and is figuring things out in this way that is very like not putting pressure on himself. And like, (laughs) it was really romantic. So I would be like, I'm going to play hooky from my restaurant job and just come and hang out with you for five days and just like get stoned and like have like, you know, talks about like philosophy and the matrix and Mm. religion and shit to like all hours of the night. And like, you know, it just, I like got swept up in this fucking love affair that like just rocked my world. And we would like make stuff together. And like, he was very like crafty. Like he got into pottery and he got into jewelry making Mm -hmm. and like, I'm kind of Renaissancey like that too. Mm -hmm. Like I go through phases where I paint or I make stuff or whatever. Um, And I just was like, man, like, there's a whole different way to relate to the world that I, it never even occurred to me because yeah. I've always been like, college, then this, then yeah. do the right thing, yeah. oh, blah, yeah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, blah. Yeah, yeah, and this yeah, dude yeah. was like blowing it up. And then I was like, <laughs> I wanna blow that shit up too. Yes, mm. yes, yes, It yes, sounds yes. way more fun and way more interesting. Mm-hmm. Like,
1: So, so he kind of like gave you permission to exist in the moment and enjoy that totally, experience
2: totally and and don't get me wrong like it was totally a tumultuous relationship oh, no, yeah. Yeah. and it was no, definitely no. not gonna last I mean, but um, but while it lasted for a year and a half it was like really eye opening and when he left new york he finally like cuz i was like We're in love, man. Like, let's fucking move in together. Like, let's do this for real. Go to college. You get to go to college for free. We're in the freaking Navy. Like, they're going to not only pay your tuition, but give you $2,000 a month Month as a living stipend. I was like, we're fine. I've got a job. Mm. And he was like, no, I've got to go back to Oregon and, like, face my real life and see my family. I haven't seen them in years. Like, I've got to figure out what I'm doing with my life. Mm. And you know what he told me? Like, I saw him three years after he broke up with me. Um, That's a whole other story. Wait, are you about
1: to dunk on this guy? No, I love this guy. (laughs) No, no, no. I love
2: this guy so much still.
1: I thought you were about to spill the tea on the the, the Annie Hall reunion. no, 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 no.
2: It was a very intense reunion, but I Mm. won't get into that now. But Mm. anyways, we did have a a random reunion like three years later. Mm. And he told me that he, I was like, if you had asked me to go with you to Oregon, I would have said yes. I was so bored and I was so in love. Like I was like, I'm in, I'll go find something to do in Portland. I don't know. It's a city. That's cool. Like (laughs) it's the West coast. That's where I'm the right coast. I'm supposed to be on anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And he told me that he didn't ask me to come with him because he knew that I would, and he he thought that I would be, like, shooting myself in the foot. Like, I would be running away from all these great opportunities I had oh, in New York. okay. And, like, wow. I didn't agree with him. I was like, <laughs> that was presumptuous of you to make that decision for me. But, like, also he didn't, you know... Mm. He wasn't ready. He told me. He literally yeah. said, I, I'm not I'm not ready for you. Like I can see a whole future with you and I'm not ready for it. So I've gotta leave. Mm.
1: So were you in were you in LA by then? This is three years after the breakup, or were you still in New York? No, at I was time? still
2: in New York and I stayed you... in New York for like six months after he left and then I left and I okay. went to Alaska. <laughs> Wait,
1: what? You didn't Alaska? Mention
2: that one. That's a new one. Yeah, I went to Alaska for a summer to work. At a dinner theater, actually, Heather Woodward got me that job. Our mutual friend. Yo, um, we
1: got to get her on this show. I think I've floated the, the idea, <laughs> but she's busy. She's
2: really busy, um, but yeah, she would. She's got stories for days too. But yeah, she for, did this. Random for those
1: keeping scores at home, uh, Heather Woodward it was in the most recent season of Drag Race. You've heard uh, Mono Gappian and Oscar Montoya and Jackie Waldman on this program, all of whom are producers, directors of uh, of Drag Race. Sorry to interrupt you. I just.
2: Oh, no, it's okay. Yeah, people should know who Heather yeah. Woodward is. She's. Awesome and you yell. can see
1: her photos uh, uh, we'll do plugs at the end anyway
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah she got me this random job in Alaska doing dinner theater because she had done it a few years earlier
1: was it fun? I it mean, was a
2: blast well that that was like that's the beginning of a whole other story are you story. playing
1: to full houses? like is it 100 people? Oh, 500 God. people? it's like thousand?
2: 200 I... people max in a log cabin and you're playing like historical figures from the 1930s who like helped like during the gold rush or like or before I guess the gold rush is before the 30s but, so like you're playing who,
1: famous Alaskans to an all-Alaskan crowd.
2: Unless you're no to a tourist crowd. Oh, cruise oh. ship tourists from all over the country, mostly really cruise old people. Ships. Cruise ship. Yes. They get off the cruise ship They get on industry. a bus They drive to the National Park To mm. Denali National Park They go to our dinner theater And my character was not a real historical person My character was like a saloon showgirl mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> It was fucking ridiculous But it was really fun, fun. Yeah. Yeah. And started a whole other chapter of my life That starts with me meeting a guy in Alaska mm. Six months after I'm broken
3: hearted with the I other guy I keep telling
1: you Swinky I what? keep telling you it needs a man's touch Yeah <laughs>
3: Phoebe um, I don't think You're phrasing this The right way uh, you no, just, He's taking, he's he's just, taking like, it The way he wants to take it He's he yeah. just going
1: tell All these stories That I can do. hear As men being The most incredible thing In the no, world just Who being fix the, everything No
2: no no Just being the catalysts To the
1: next best version the, of you mm-hmm.
2: Absolutely And it's the relationship The relationship mm-hmm. That first relationship Was a catalyst That led to the next one Which was a catalyst For me starting to write music And mm-hmm. starting to play With a band mm-hmm. I have a logistics
1: question Yeah Does the violin lend Itself well to singer songwriter. Can you sing while you have a violin on your chin?
2: Sort of. Some people really can. There's a few really cool singer songwriters out there who do write on violin. Um, Andrew Bird is like uh, one of my like. Mm-hmm. If I ever get to jam with him, I will probably cry. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. he he plays his vi- He's a Suzuki violin. Blah blah blah. Like he plays his violin like a guitar and writes okay. and sings. But um, for me personally, for my because I also trained as a singer for like 15 years and um I and I'm a writer like I don't I feel like my artistic expression doesn't I don't channel it through violin I I channel it through writing I channel it through singing I channel it through like you know creating songs on different instruments and and like painting and has there
1: ever been a phase when you were writing for violin or is that more like you play
2: I mostly keep, it's, it's separate. I Sometimes I have kind of written my own songs and then tracked violin on it, like okay. if I was recording, but I don't ever write on violin. That's just my personal...
1: Is the uh, this is like way boring question, no. but uh, is it the same tuning as a mandolin or yeah. a, a ukulele? Or yeah. those all the same? same? As, okay,
2: same as uh, mandolin and violin are the same. Uh, mandolin, same intervals, same like you know, octaves. Mandolin yeah. just has doubles of every string, yeah. yeah. Um, and ukulele is a little bit different. Um, but I also play that. That was kind of my gateway to songwriting because oh, okay, I didn't okay. play guitar. My ex yeah. played guitar and mm. I kind of like started writing with him, but I picked up his ukulele and started. Okay,
1: have you started strumming a guitar? Is that, no, you've I have got now. An, okay, okay. So you got one of those. I have
2: now. Now I have a couple of guitars, and I'm teaching myself. Gra- I'm not really teaching myself how to play for the sake of playing. I'm teaching mm-hmm. myself to play for the sake of writing. So.
1: Oh. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So
2: I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm writing on guitar. Oh <laughs> wow. It's like, so you
1: know? easy to strum. It's fun. Like you yeah. can just drop it in your yeah. lap, and you got the chords going. Yeah, and, you're, well, and, I, you're an and I find
2: like myself because I really love a lot of folk music. I um, I'm I'm really drawn to picking. I've been working with picking. Who
1: are your folk? musicians your your singers songwriters um, performers who are who oh
2: man uh well i really uh she's a violinist but um also singer songwriter sarah watkins is one mm-hmm. of my my like idols too um she's like a better fiddle player than I'll ever be in my entire life. But she's also an amazing singer songwriter. Um,
1: I went to see, uh, the arcade fire live once. Oh, you did. That girl is Ooh. jacked. Yeah. You, I, I didn't arcade realize, girl, but yeah. like, that's all she does all day is yeah. shred the violin. Oh, yeah.
2: It's no joke. There's, I, that's why I'm like, when people are like, you're great. I'm like, I'm good, but there's some fucking virtuosos out there. And like, that's, I'm not a virtuous. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like a more like, you know, um, multifaceted kind okay. of like, mm-hmm. I don't see myself ever being like the best in the world at violin. Cause I know that there are people who are way better than me, mm-hmm. but I also do like 20 other things. So
4: mm-hmm.
2: I don't know.
1: You're fine. Weird. Yeah. Uh, no,
3: yeah. But that's what, are you, compared... what are you talking about? I no, jump I'm just thinking I'm, I, From my perspective, you yeah. know, all I do is sing. Mm-hmm. So when I see people that can do all these things and, and I hear that you still have these insecurities when you compare yourself to other people, I am just, my jaw drops to the floor. <laughs> I can't understand it. Because then what am I supposed to feel? No, what you do guys you mean? are great. <laughs> no, because no, I, I can only do the one thing. Yeah, But you guys can, you're... you're multi-talented you can you can be hired to do session work you can write you we, we, well here's the you're thing you're amazing well that's kind of yeah here's the thing though is like and this goes back to like
2: self-imposed limitations like I never in a million years would have dreamed that I'd be like writing songs on a guitar I saw other people doing that and like when you're also already kind of good at one thing it's like it's daunting to try to like pick up a new Thing and be mm. bad at it at first because like mm-hmm. No one could go
1: right over to that other thing and be Fantastic yeah, right now then why you, like, be Shitty on this thing totally
2: but if you only Ever do the thing that you already know how To do then you mm. keep you keep yourself In this place of like like I literally was Like I just fucking want to write songs I want to mm. write better songs I need To I need to pick up a guitar like I don't know what I'm doing and it scares the shit out of me Because so many of my friends are incredible guitarists And incredible songwriters But um but I I'm like determined to keep challenging myself I guess even though it scares the shit out of me and that's where a lot of the the like my what my friend called self-hatred it's not really self-hatred it's just more like you know it, it is comparing yourself to mm-hmm. other people mm-hmm. um, but I think you also just have to be like man if I do this one thing and I do it so well like that's nothing to like laugh at you know like that's Mm. amazing and Mm. do it as well as you can but also like you can challenge yourself to Mm. do do anything else that you want to Mm. you just have to be willing to like really humble yourself cause it's really humbling to mm. struggle mm. and to do it publicly.
3: <laughs> right. Um,
2: but it's also really like, I find that people really respond to vulnerability on mm. stage, like it, in a, in a real way, like it means something to them. Mm. So I don't know.
1: Well, you're like two performers talking about what it feels like to look up and down the ladder and yeah. see the people above you who intimidate you. Uh, just as a non musician, non performer, like you guys know that the, the final litmus test for us is are we having a good time like none yeah. of us are watching you guys being like ah, oh, yeah she's good but Aretha's
2: better uh, yeah <laughs> some yeah. people are though <laughs> like, right. Like, right yeah those people mm-hmm. though are insecure like yeah. I've had I had a woman one time to me at a gig like a dive bar gig come up to me and be like you sound great but you were kind of pitchy and I was like excuse me like, <laughs> I know first of all <laughs> second of all like I didn't uh, ask for your yeah. opinion yeah like, <laughs> <That's, laughs> why
3: would you go out of your way to say that
2: Because people just feel like, you know, like judging other people or criticizing Mm -hmm. other people gives them a sense of power and control when they Mm -hmm. feel powerless and out of control. And that's the thing I've watched myself do. And I'm really trying to correct it in myself to be like, okay, if I feel powerless, why don't I look like that's my issue? Mm -hmm. I'm not going to try to assert that on anybody else anymore Mm because I've done that and it doesn't work out well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well,
1: that's that's a question that's on my mind in general. And I think swinging you and I might have talked about this, but how do you. Empirically, like at a certain point, you know you play violin at a technical level that's that's just quantifiable at this point, right. and you know you can sing. You've got your range. You know the notes you can hit. You know the notes you can't. At a certain point, it's it's just quantified. Yeah. Uh, don't you get suspicious that your brain is tricking you when your brain yeah. is like, yeah, you, you kind of suck. Dude, my brain is always working me.
4: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) and then like as many
1: facts and figures as you point at that part of your brain, it's still like, yeah, but you suck. Yeah, yeah. At what point do you stop believing that? And I'm asking from not you specifically because I I entertain those thoughts my very self. I
2: think everybody does honestly, and I think a lot of that comes from. I think it's like a, a natural inclination as human beings for us to compare ourselves to each other. And especially now with social media and stuff, it's like almost impossible to not do that to some degree. Mm. Mm. I don't know. I've, I've gotten into this thing lately and I have like anxiety disorders and stuff that are like, mm-hmm. so I literally like my, I'm literally like brain You silly thing, you, like, with all your bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, I've entered into this conversation with myself and my brain at this point after doing a lot of work, like, therapy and medication and just self-work and meditation, Mm. like, where I almost have to be like okay let's separate my greater self from all these chemicals in my brain Mm. that have been and all these neurological pathways that have been forged by the experiences that I've had the traumatic ones and the positive ones and like you know I'm almost like constantly trying to understand how my own mind works so that i can work with it and not let it like
4: Mm. you know, pulling you
2: back yeah like Mm. not let it work against me Mm. so i i I do i like talk to myself sometimes and i'm like phoebe that's irrational and that's where this fear is coming from and you just need a minute breathe through it (laughs) Mm, yeah yeah but Mm. your brain is tricking you your brain is totally tricking you
1: do you do you rely on other people or is it mostly an internal dialogue in those moments do you have your go-to's
2: i do um i have some really fucking amazing friends who And the uh, reason I'm asking
1: is because I lose these battles constantly with my brain and I'm trying to find new and better strategies Mm -hmm. (laughs)
2: Um, I'm wary of leaning too much on other people because in like past relationships that I have had, both friendships and like romantic relationships, I have leaned too much on the other person in a way that like suffocated the relationship. And that Mm -hmm. came from a place of like a lack of self-knowledge. So now that I've like gained more self-knowledge, I'm at a point where I can see like, you know, this is the time where it's okay to say to somebody, hey, I'm like having like a tough time. Can I vent to you? And I have a few people who like, like, really close friends who have really similar issues to mine, so we can mm-hmm. kind of hold that space for each other and not take it personally, which is amazing, and I've, like, you know, I've had it before in my life before, but not quite to the extent that I do now, Um, but I, I try to do a lot of the work myself, like, within, because it's all, it's, everything is, like, our only real relationship is to ourselves, like, at the end of the day, you're, I just read this fucking quote, so I'm, like, probably paraphrasing, but um, but I believe this, and I've had a lot of conversations with people about this lately. Like, at the end of the day, every relationship that you have is just a reflection of your relationship with yourself. If your relationship with yourself is healthy and loving and compassionate, your relationship with other people will be healthy, loving, and compassionate. If your relationship with yourself is, like, toxic and unhealthy and abusive, then that's how you're going to relate to other people. And, like... You know, it's, there's no switch that you flip overnight to like transition from, you know, one to the other. It takes a long time and a lot of work, but, but I don't know. I think I'm getting better.
3: (laughs) Yeah. What are some of your good
1: habits? That get you closer to that uh, not being the nightmare that we are ourselves. <laughs> and I am not accusing; I'm just telling you by experience. Like I'm looking yeah. for a better way. Yeah. What? What are your What are your good habits? What are your good practices?
2: I'm working on it, man. I, I have a hard time kind of building habits because I'm a really, really impulsive, kind of fluid person. I kind of mm-hmm. like go with whatever feels right to me at the time. Um, I've been spending a lot of time alone lately. That really helps. Journaling really helps for me. Painting is like really meditative and like and then things like when I'm driving like I don't know like this is really <laughs> this is embarrassing I'm going to say say this on your podcast mm-hmm. I sometimes like if I'm stuck in traffic I will like Kind of voice memo, like diary, speak Mm -hmm. to myself. Like I'll like make voice memos of like my train of thought, like stream of consciousness. Like, and I kind of work through stuff that way. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it might sound totally schizophrenic, but it's really play them back. Okay, okay. Sometimes, and you know what's crazy about playing them back is in the moment I'm like I sound nuts, and then I'll play it back and be like. I actually sound really sane There's some mm. truth
1: we've woven into the
2: Totally But it's impossible to be objective about yourself Like mm-hmm. that's why like evidence Like writing things down like Or like going back and reading old journals is such a trip Because mm. you realize that you realized Something a year before you actually realized it And mm. you wrote it down It just took a year for it to sink in mm.
1: Yep, 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 mm-hmm. yep Has it's happened so before, trippy. will happen again yeah. yeah, When did you get to LA? What what, what prompted that? You're, you're leaving New York and LA is the the dream, the goal, or is it just like a thing that came up and you jumped on it because it was possible? Or what? Yeah. How'd that happen?
2: Well, I I had a lot of friends who migrated from New York to LA like a lot like over the time I was in New York. Like I kept watching my friends leave New York for like Chicago or Philly mm-hmm. or London or you know, um, or LA and I never thought I would like LA because I'm from San Diego and San Diegans hate LA oh, <laughs> like, And New Yorkers hate LA so <laughs> because I don't know why. It's stupid. It's like the idea that you have of a place like, yeah. you know, mm. rather than the reality of it. Mm. Um, but I there was like this weird little voice in my head when I started getting sick of New York that started to say, what about L.A.? Like, you know, people there. It's close to home. It's California. Like, I don't know. And I didn't I didn't know when I started hearing that voice that I was going to like eventually want to pursue music. Um, but I I was in Alaska um, six years ago and then I went back two years after that and did a second summer there Mm -hmm. with a, with the guy I was with who I was playing music with and writing music with at the time. And, um, and we had tried to live together in New York and he was really unhappy because he's from the Midwest and like, and i was like okay well if we're gonna be together and make music together and live together we got to live somewhere we both like Mm. and he hates new york and i'm like such a city kid so i was Mm. like what about la at least you can go hiking there and the sun's out all the time you know you're not like stuck in a concrete box like underground for hours a day Mm. um and so like i kind of just we were touring together from alaska down to la and i was like well let's just move here
1: so you were going through canada as well
2: on that Mm. tour what
1: was that trippy dude
2: (laughs) we drove the alaskan highway pretty much not the whole thing but we started in um like Fairbanks and then I guess that's not the Alaskan Highway. Anyways, but the Alaskan Highway goes all the way through British Columbia, like Yukon mm-hmm. and British Columbia.
1: Oh, Swinky, if you think I don't want to drive to Alaska from LA, you've got, you got another <laughs> thing coming. coming. That's like my dream Oh, dude, it's the most, drive.
2: I highly recommend. It's the most beautiful, beautiful drive. Mm. It's really remote, that stretch of British Columbia. I mean, Canada in general, like the, up that north is mm. really remote, mm. but it's so stunningly beautiful. And then like, and all the gigs we played were in these little small cities where there's nothing going on there's like one bar that has live yeah. music so mm. everybody's there and mm. they don't know who the fuck you are because you're like from out of town but everybody is so into what you do it's mm. the opposite of playing shows in LA where everyone yeah. is jaded as fuck and there's like oh, a million yeah. things to do right, <laughs> right, right.
3: like in Tokyo it's literally like yeah. Narnia
2: like British Columbia is like <laughs> Narnia it's so fucking beautiful <laughs> but yeah we ended that tour and like I was like well let's move to LA and my ex was like nope and so he bailed and so I was here and I had a friend a, another college friend who I was living with and she's a singer songwriter who was pretty established at the time and I was looking at what she did and after having planned this whole tour for me and my ex and being on the road like I was so in love with touring and I was Mm -hmm. so in love with like booking and playing gigs as a musician and writing and I was like I know this is what I want to do something's telling me LA is the place to do it I don't want to go back to New York and um and so I just like fought to figure out how to settle in LA and it took like two years (laughs) to like Mm have my feet on the ground and i only sort of do now but it yeah. definitely feels like home now well that's
1: that's uh, uh, let's get into the meat of it yeah. and that's uh <laughs> that's
2: getting those feet
1: on the ground in this town
2: it's hard is man. no
1: small task
2: nah it takes so a long time so what
1: are you know kind of what are your b- best practices in trying to get I
2: get mean, your head straight here I feel like there are two pathways, really. If you're going to be a creative person in L.A., and L.A. Mm -hmm. is a great place to be a creative person. It's all creative people here, which is why I love it so much. Mm -hmm. Um, But you're either, like, you know, getting yourself into a full-time career. Like, I had a lot of friends for a time who were, like, editors or like worked in like I actually worked in a post-production house as a receptionist for like a year and a half and I which one um can you say it was called chainsaw but then it got bought by sim group so it's Sim now yeah it was was great I loved working for them I just had no aspirations to like really work in post-production and like I didn't go to film school or any of that stuff so I wasn't Hmm. gonna like be an editor I was just a receptionist yeah yeah. Hmm. um but I really liked the environment. I loved all the people who were coming through. I thought, like being on that side of the industry, was really interesting. Mm. Um,
1: Just you know, as somebody who's on that side of the industry and does the editing and the film work and stuff like that. It is such a joy when we get to work with someone who has no aspirations yeah. in film. Like, it was such a relief to talk to somebody who has a different worldview. Yeah, and totally. And did not come here because they loved Raiders of the Lost oh, Ark when they were Oh, I'm so a kid.
2: fucking glad I didn't move to LA to be an actor. Yeah, <laughs> like, wow. I would be so unhappy. Like, I'm so much happier. But mm. so, like, the other pathway, if you're not, like, a creative person getting into, like, a, a full-time um, kind of situation, depending on what your skill and your trade is and your talents... Um, is to just like be a freelance artist, Mm -hmm. which is amazing and really possible, but it takes so long to be able to figure out how to make a living doing it. I'm not there yet. And in the meantime, you have to be like a fucking hustler, like constantly, constantly Ah. for everything. You have to hustle for like creative gigs. You have to hustle to promote yourself. You have to hustle for like any way to make money, like doing anything sometimes. Like Mm. I have done so many fucking random things like Craigslist gigs. Like I'm like bartending at a, you know, country music festival. And like I sold like pins and flags at like the pride parade. And like I've done, like I taught at this like girls, like summer camp, like day camp thing. Like I've done everything from like teaching to waitressing to like selling shit to like, I don't, I mean, Sometimes I'm literally like, who can hire me to do what right now? <laughs> like, I'll babysit your child, your pet. Like, I'm a really good like caretaker. Uh, I can teach you how to play the violin. Mm. I can paint things for you. Mm. I can sell shit. Like, what do you want? What do you want? What can I do for you? Take Give me bank. some money. Yeah. It's so, it's hard.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> But you feel like you're getting your feet on the ground now. Well, I have a community now mm, which mm. has been
2: everything. For a long time I was struggling to feel like I had a sense of community and I had like people like mm, mm. and support and now I have that and I and it, it's like I've I've built it and mm. I've I've also been really lucky to mm. like meet My people. You know Mm. what I mean? Like, Mm. you just know when you meet the people who are like, you get each other. Yeah. Um, And that's been really great. And like, I, for a long time, I was like couch surfing and Mm. like, oh man, and like sublet hopping. And like, I fucking slept on an air mattress in a warehouse for three weeks and I Mm. lived in a hotel for a week and like all that Mm. shit too. And so I've been in an apartment for like two years now. Mm. And so as soon as I like had the apartment, even though Mm. I lost my full time job at the time, like, I was like, oh, well, I've got a community and I've got a place to live. So that's, I just have to keep figuring out how to afford it. Mm. And, um, but at least I'm not like out of luck with everything. There was right. a time where I didn't have a job. I didn't have any money. I didn't have a place, no place to, to live. I didn't yeah. know what the fuck I was going to do with myself. Mm. And that was a dark place to be. <laughs> well,
3: yeah. And you're out of it now.
2: I'm out you- of it now. I'm still working hard. But-
3: mm. Do you use the, your the experiences you went through in your songwriting?
2: Absolutely, yeah, yeah, I, I tend to like, um, I'm sure you can tell by this conversation thus far. Mm. I like to talk about kind of broad concepts, like, mm-hmm. and I like to think about broad concepts. And so I write about broad concepts a lot. and mm-hmm. a lot of those are kind of like emotional um and kind of like philosophical ways that we relate to the rest of the world. That's kind of like the subject matter I've been working on lately. Like I don't write a lot about like kind of pedestrian, Things and I've never really felt compelled to write about like the time that I, the times because it's been more than one time Mm. that I was like scraping, you know, didn't know where I was gonna live or like was my whole life was in my van and stuff. Like I kind of think I think I'm gonna write a memoir someday. (laughs) Yeah, wow, (laughs) a lot of stories about that. There's gonna be a lot
3: of interesting nuggets (laughs) in your memoir. Yeah, I've got
2: a lot of them, but uh, but it's I mean that's I'm just so much happier living a life that is. Of that heightened reality than I was when I was like in a routine. Like I just felt suffocated. So like while I would, I'm looking forward to someday being like far more financially stable, mm. God willing. Mm. Um, and I'm working hard on it. Uh, like I would never go back to being like, oh well, I'm just gonna get a nine to five job and like have <laughs> benefits because like, all that stuff is nice, but it doesn't make me feel okay Mm. you know what
3: i mean yeah i'm gonna ask you a personal question you Mm -hmm. don't have to answer it so what is it
1: uh sorry one rule on the show you have to Mm. answer it sorry to talk over you swinky now ask that question i
3: got you all right (laughs) so you 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 seem to mention god and faith quite a bit Mm. when you're speaking is that are you a follower of a religion of sorts not really Mm. so i have this like um So I was
2: like, I I got certified as a yoga teacher years ago Mm -hmm. and like, was really that kind of like, I don't know. Okay, so my family, we never really grew up like going to church or anything, but Mm -hmm. like there's kind of Christian roots in my family. I guess Mm. my dad was raised Catholic, although he's like not into Catholicism Mm. now at all. Mm. My mom's family was Mennonite. And so there's a lot of, hold up. yeah, (laughs) not like she didn't live. Well, actually she did live on a farm, but it had electricity, but her mother grew up. My grandmother grew up on a farm in rural Ontario, Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan then she moved to Ontario um Whoa. with no electricity
1: <laughs> wait 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 slow down slow down I only know the Mennonites in Pennsylvania where I grew well, up there's
2: a bunch of them in Canada too okay yeah, there's a bunch of there's a big Mennonite community in Canada up
1: in Saskatchewan and
2: Ontario yeah okay. oh, no. yeah. yeah totally you know um that. yeah but it's kind of like there's like there's like modern Mennonites who yeah. like live in society and stuff mm. and my mom and I actually for a short time when I was like 13 maybe went to like A modern Mennonite church in Toronto which was cool it was like it's very um there's not a lot of like hellfire and stuff which Mm. is kind of this like I grew up kind of with this vague sense of like we believe in you know hell and or we don't believe in hell we believe in heaven like grandma went to heaven but like and now personally that I've kind of gone through my own kind of exploration with yoga and meditation and like other stuff like I don't vibe with a lot of the concepts that Christianity is based on. Mm. I do vibe with a lot of them though. Like I vibe with like, you know, like God's love is in all of us. I don't really like believe in like an omnipotent kind of like all knowing God. That's not, that doesn't vibe with me. I, but I, yeah. it, it does the whole, like the, the namaste thing really like the light is in all of us and mm. the spirit is in all of us and it's in all of the living things around us and we're all connected. Like, mm. I guess that's kind of more Buddhist than than anything else, but there's so many connecting threads through all of all of those religions. Mm-mm-mm-mm. There it is.
1: We always wait for the mic, yeah. the mic yes, right. That was the mic. Means you're
2: I was talking yes. about like yep. religion, and I hit the mic. <laughs> um, but yeah, I kind of just like pieced together like what kind of makes sense to me, and I I do kind of believe in the concept of faith, but the the concept of faith to me is faith in oneself and in each other. Mm. And that to me is the same thing as God, I guess, if that makes sense. Mm. It does. I frame it
1: as like any passage of any Bible, if you can replace the word God with love and the sentence still makes sense, We got a winner. Totally. I'm totally
2: on board with that. All of the like, these are the rules for living your life. I'm Mm. like, nah, unless it's like, don't hurt, don't hurt each other. Like, like I agree with that. But like, you must do this and this is a sin. And like, I just kind of don't, I don't vibe with the concept of sin personally. Mm. But I've had some really, I have a few really close friends who are like, you know, devout Christians. And I've had really interesting conversations with them about why that makes sense to them and they're not judgmental. You know what I mean? Like, that's the other thing I get kind of weird about with any, any religion is like, if it starts to be judgy and like, I think that I'm more right than you and I'm going to prove it to you and try to convert you, I'm kind of like, I don't really think that's the point. Mm. Like, I don't think that should be the point. Right, right. I think Mm. the point should be like, how do we all serve the greater good? Those Mm. are the sentences Mm. where
1: you can't swap the word God out for love when you get into that judgy Mm. territory the it doesn't pass the litmus test for me.
3: Mm. totally. Totally. And that's how the most people processed it. I wonder.
2: Hearing. That's great. Well, In
1: there's. Hell, hey? Well, here's the problem with religion: is everyone is so sick of hearing that, like the shitty version of of yeah. the pitch. Yeah. That there are plenty of people who have the good version of the pitch, but they just keep it to themselves because everyone's sick of hearing. Like the it's just bad PR from yeah. the, from the <laughs> foot salesman. It's
2: bad PR. That is. That's real. Mm. <laughs> but they brought it on themselves, all that bad PR. Well, yeah. <laughs> all about, no. like, we're waging wars and doing all this shit in the yeah. navs, Oh, that's, like,
1: whatever. a whole nother level. I'm, it's a whole other level. I'm just level. talking about, like, the people who are obnoxious with their religion. Yeah. yeah. I, the, 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 we're, in this day and age. We, I don't have the wherewithal to get into the horrible history of religion slaughter. Yeah, yeah,
2: let's not. Instead, <laughs> do you have
1: anything you'd like to jump no, no, in? No, 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 okay. I just wanted to know Then that what I'd like to do, answered. if I may, is finally take a break and let you yeah! host the program. Hooray! So I'm going to kick back. Uh, Dude. I can answer questions now. I might. We'll Maybe, see how it possibly. goes. I'll talk around most Should of your I questions. S- I
2: start asking Swinky questions first? You can ask <laughs> Swinky. She's
1: probably a more open book than I am. I'm a bit cagey.
3: Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> see what
1: happens. Ask yeah. a simple question yeah. and see who gives you the better answer. Let's make it a competition.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, well I, I am dying to know about how you two met. You mentioned when we were talking before we started rolling um, mm. that you met in Tokyo. Yeah. That's I'm dying true. to hear that story.
1: Do you want to tell it or should I? You tell it. Okay. I love telling this story.
2: (laughs) Let me
1: ease into this one. It's one of my
2: favorites.
1: (laughs) So I had just graduated college as had Swinky. And we ended up, uh, when you get to Japan, you got to get a job quick smart (laughs) so that you can get a visa and stay there more than three months. Uh, the company the company that hires the quickest and the most is this awful, awful company called Heart Corporation. They have the worst mm. contracts. <laughs> and it's, it's English language teaching at public schools. Mm. So you go in and you say Apple, and then the kids say Apple, and then you say Banana. Mm-hmm. It's one of those jobs. Right, it's a right, real, right. like, all you need is a college degree in anything, right, and you can right, get the right. job. Uh, Heart stationed both of us out in the countryside in Saitama in this god-awful uh, share house. It was these little rooms, that were above a massage parlor, uh, let me wink loud enough that the people who are listening and not seeing can understand that it was a massage, massage parlor.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and all the rooms, that we there were maybe eight bedrooms upstairs or something, the, massa- the massage parlor was doing so poorly that they had to reduce their number of rooms from ten to two. Oh, no! <laughs> so we were in a retired massage parlor. Oh, no. And a recently retired massage parlor. So every now and then, like, we'd be sleeping, and some guys would just come up the stairs, assuming they could still get a massage <gasps> from their favorite girl, and like walk into our bedrooms or something. Oh my God. <laughs> this is how shitty the place was. It was wild. Awful.
3: Yeah.
1: Anyway, a Desert Rose Store. It makes story. Me
3: question that company really. Why would they put us up there?
1: Because it was cheap. And they had mm. kickbacks from the. We were paying obscene rent. It was we were paying. Terrible. Amounts yeah. Of yeah rent like, for they, those they
2: didn't pay rent rooms. for you,
1: like, no, 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 no. 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 It was. The rooms were basically the size of this little alcove that we're sitting in. This hook uh, of uh-huh. sofas, wow. very small rooms. They were charging us the same as as a like a two bedroom apartment in the same town. Oh man, it was a total rip off. Uh. <sighs> Um, and
3: we soon discovered that. So. Yes.
1: So we moved. But anyway, she. <laughs> w- let me tell you stories about how wonderful my wife is. Uh,
3: <laughs> you. You're getting derailed. You
1: no, no, so no. This bad. is the story. This is, story. <laughs> this is not <laughs> oh, <okay>. a distraction. <laughs> okay. Swinky is a singer and a phenomenal one. Mm. And the. this is I'm going to come out you're not going to like this sentence but bear with me the best singing she does is when she's in the shower and she cuts loose with a capital (laughs) loose and she would sing in the shower at this share house thinking nobody could hear, hear her and but I could hear her yeah. and I thought, I want to be friends with that person. So we'd, uh, you know, if we'd bump into the kitchen and into each other in the kitchen, we'd be cooking and having a good time. We'd start chatting and then we became friends mm-hmm. and then we moved into an apartment together as friends. And because
3: then, it was still cheaper than where we were so living. And it was a nice, huge apartment Was government top subsidized. On the
1: floor, oh, nice. beautiful view. Um, then we kind of drifted apart for a while. Then we drifted back together as friends. And then she texted me and said, I'm thinking about you a little more than usual. Oh. Should we talk about this?
4: <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. My heart just swoons.
1: And I said yes. You were like, we should. It's about
0: time yeah. we talk about this. So we, had a we meeting. talked
1: about it on November 19th, 2012. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Look at me go.
0: Oh.
1: <laughs> and that is, uh, I count that as our anniversary because that was when we decided to be. We had a. A wedding. We went to City Hall and did the paperwork, but the real, the marriage yeah. happened on Aww. November nineteenth, two thousand twelve, in
2: Ikebukuro. That's beautiful. And
1: yes, so I that's the story. This
2: wasn't a podcast so that everyone could see how cute you are right now.
1: <laughs> oh, y'all have to imagine we're hella cute.
3: <laughs> They are hella cute. He's my potato. He's nice. He's a nice (laughs) guy. He's very sweet. The
1: reviews are in. I'm nice.
2: I feel like men sometimes take that as an insult, like when women say it. But it is like the highest compliment. It is. It is. She threw me
1: for the loop. One day I said, I love you. And she said, I like you. And I was like, the fuck is that (laughs) supposed to mean?" (laughs) And then like years later, I finally figured out that that was like even Better. Even better, like yeah. love. Love goes up and down, but liking someone, being able to talk to them every day. Yeah. I think
2: that's what helps couples go the, like, yeah. the yeah, long run. You yeah. know what I mean? Is long like each haul. Each other. Is you gotta mm. like each other. Love,
1: love is weather. Like is climate.
3: Ha- yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. Boom. yeah, thank you.
1: Truth yeah. on the fish yeah.
2: That on a T-shirt.
3: <laughs> that is a T-shirt killer. Killer. So that's how
1: we met. Uh, Next question, please. That is <laughs> make so sure it,
2: romantic. Okay. Yeah. So So you Mm. met in Tokyo and then, and then you were separated, I know recently, but like how, when did that first separation happen?
3: So it happened. He, he was doing film work Mm -hmm. in Tokyo, but then there's a ceiling you reach when you're a foreigner and not married to a Japanese person Mm. because there's certain, um, There are laws in place. Like a Japanese person
1: can establish a, a trading company like that Like got they you. just put in the paperwork And it's done But foreigners have to provide proof of
3: Jump through hoops
1: uh, Proof of investment And then proof of Potential income And like you've got to do All these other hoops mm, Yeah Cause if Well the th- it, it makes sense Because if it wasn't that way Then I could go over there Establish a trading company Make contracts And hire 500 of my friends tomorrow Right to With or without country, Like they have to be yeah. careful About yeah. immigration Like it makes sense From a From a, gov- a government perspective Well yeah and based
2: on their Like historical like you know, they're yeah, makes sense. right, right, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, and, it, and it's
1: the same in any country, you can't just go to any country, establish a company, and then ah, hire all your friends if
3: you have money. Yes, if you,
1: you can, I, what I mean is without money, and in Japan, mm-hmm. it was the same. If we had investment, if we had had the it's like a hundred thousand dollars of startup mm-hmm. investment,
4: mm-hmm.
1: that and that's another scam is there, there have not a scam, but a loophole. Anyway, we're getting way too in the right, weeds with right, yeah, Japanese yeah, yeah, yeah. company so, law. So,
3: so he reached the ceiling. Right. Also, he was kind of getting into a routine that was not no longer creative for him. He was mm. doing a lot of you know, commercials. Like co- corporate
1: videos, right. yeah. uh, interviewing CEOs about their new product line or something. And it's just mm. not like what I was
3: right. born yeah. to
1: do. I can do right. it well, but it's not just my calling.
3: Totally here, yeah. So since he loves film, and that's his passion, decided to move to LA. Mm. And so he did, but we, I couldn't move in Immediately mm-hmm. because I'm not American, so mm-hmm. I had to get my papers in order, and that took about two years. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. So he left January I stay over here, he you're on January trouble 4th. Staying on <laughs> he said uh, he left on January 4th, two thousand eighteen. January 5th, yes. 2018.
1: Look at me remembering all the dates of oh, our but that's relationship. The day. That,
3: that's the day. Okay. Please. January 5th, 2018. Yes. Mm. And, and then I joined him on August 5th, 2019. Yeah. it's wow. we, we had
1: the paperwork running for about a year and a half. It and takes it finally, a while. They check yeah.
3: everything. Yeah. yeah. Then it
1: finally yeah. got approved, but Swinky had already booked tours in Japan and Korea, so...
3: Wow. So couldn't yeah. come right that's away. why that's why I had to go back again. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but now man. I'm now I'm here here and now it's been it's my second day and it's I your like second it. Day. Yes.
1: <laughs> so if you're, if you're listening to this and thinking like maybe I should maybe I shouldn't hire Swinky, she sounds like a fly-by-night operation. She'll be gone next fly-by-night. week anyway. Fly-by-night operation. <laughs> let me put those fears to rest. She and is she's here. here. Yes.
2: <laughs> yay yes. we'll, we'll get you set up here like, I, if there's Thanks any please. I know I said this before but if there's anything I can do to help like you mm. get connected to whoever. I know, I mean, I don't know that many people. I mean, yeah, I know a lot yeah. of people, but I don't know a lot of like, you know, important people. I what? just know a lot of really lovely people. Everyone's important. <laughs> talented people. Yeah. Mm. Um, Dude, I'd rather be around lovely people because eventually <laughs> <laughs> they'll be important too. Right. I hope so. Right. I mean, I think and they all, they certainly them. deserve to. Okay, so mm. now I'm dying mm. to hear Swinky about your career and your touring in and your music. In Japan. Oh yeah. god So how did you end up, so you went, were in Japan also teaching or? Yeah, at
3: first, no, I went to college and then I graduated and I didn't want to leave. So oh, I got wow. a job, and that that was the first company to hire me. But as soon as I could, I, right, you, were you know, <laughs> as soon
1: as any of us can, yeah, we, right. We, right. we leave find part. another right. job.
3: It's yeah. So I ended up doing uh, translating and editing work. I used to work with publishing companies, and there used to be really long hours. Mm-hmm. And when Pew and I started um, dating, and we moved in together, Pew's my nickname. <laughs> <annoying>. <laughs> he um he he was really sad because I would leave at you know ten thirty so, yeah. in the morning, and I'd come back at one a.m. Yeah, and saw each other. which right. would would
1: be mm. fine if you were doing something that you love, right. that you were born to do. If you right. were like, I just can't stay out of this studio, it's too important. Right.
3: Mm. But I was literally just working for the man. Mm. There yeah. was a man and I was working in his company. Literally for the man. <laughs> there was no no benefit in mm. it for me. I mean, two two times a year we would get a bonus, but mm. I mean it's not worth it. Yeah. So yeah. one day when I was thirty <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I, you know, Pew said that he couldn't, he couldn't stand to see me do that anymore. You know, just kind of waste my life away. Yeah. And so I quit my job and I started singing. Well,
1: there were some caveats. I wasn't that hard on you. I did say like, we'll try it for a year. Just mm-hmm. try singing, and if it works, right, awesome. I if keep it doing doesn't, it and
3: if it didn't, then like
1: we can, I, we can float on my salary for right. a year. Right. We can Aww. pay the rent, pay the food bills. Mm-hmm. But try, just try. And right. if you bomb out, if you wash out. Doesn't matter. We yeah. tried, mm. and we can
3: go back to editing. But right, right. And he said, "I'll be there to catch you." Yeah. Oh yeah. It my god, really you sweet, guys. Right? <laughs> yeah.
1: Here's the thing.
3: <laughs> oh, beautiful. Yeah. So, so you close
1: your ears. <laughs> I knew there would be no catching. Really? I had no worries no. at all.
3: I, I had two songs in my song list, uh-huh. and those are the songs I auditioned it were with. The
1: Hokey pokey and head shoulders knees and toes. <laughs> <No. laughs>
3: it was at last in Georgia on my mind oh those are it, great those right? are perfect so that's how I got my first job and then when I got the job they're like oh now I need to have a song list yeah because in, in Tokyo you don't when you say you're a singer I mean you can be a singer songwriter and do right. your songs but you're not going to get work no no yeah, yeah. it's the you same thing here sing, I mean yeah? honestly <laughs> yeah I mean you can like
2: you can play your songs all day like mm. anywhere
3: in mm. LA but mm. that
2: doesn't mean you're going to make any money doing no, it right
3: right but so if you want to pay rent yeah, you, gotta, you gotta sing the songs you got sing cover songs right the yep. songs people know yep and in tokyo there's almost a, a list mm. of songs that people know and have mm. loved for for decades now mm. popular songs and they want a foreigner to sing them and i'm a foreigner so, <laughs> <laughs> so um so i you know i built a song list with a wonderful man called david chester it was Yo, just shout his out friend. to
1: david chester yeah. we worked on movies together too like he was a long time friend with
3: oh, me cool. he's fr- he's from l.a too Mm-hmm. Like he lived, lived here anyway, so he helped me build a song list. I had mm-hmm. thirty songs, and I just worked from there and five years later, I was doing pretty well. Yeah. I was just looking at my bank account and thinking, "Swinky, you did well yeah, no! the the <laughs> the original plan was just to be able to pay rent yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. but we 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 were we did more. Than that That's because great. because of the jobs I was doing and the income I had, and Pew so, was able to establish us oh, here. What
2: kind of so? What kind of jobs were you doing? Was it like?
3: As a singer? A lot of corporate events. Corporate so, events. Yeah. So you go to an, uh, you're hired by this company that's having this company party at this place and they they have this list of songs that they would like you to do. And would you have like a band or would you have Yeah, like, they the hire recording? everybody. Oh, wow. They hire okay. everybody. Yeah. Fascinating. So it's really, everybody's kind of like a, a session right, right, player. Right. Yeah, People yeah, just yeah, yeah. go where the money is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. And so that's how it, I ended up meeting a lot of musicians, and sometimes musicians will recommend you. They'll be like, "Oh, yeah. I want to work with this singer. Yeah. If you can hire her," that's and that's great. how I got around uh, a lot. Yeah. Wow, that's mm. so interesting. I didn't have an agent. Some people thought I did, but I think it was because of the, all the the networking. Yeah. You know, you just end up meeting people, and they recommend you. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's how the world. So works. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm hoping I can. You know, yeah,
2: I'm sure you here. can. Mm. I mean, I know it's funny. A couple people have said to me that they could see me doing like corporate events because mm. I mean, and I'm mostly performing original music at this point because mm. that's really what I want to do. Right. Um, mm. But but I do kind of write in a really like accessible like way. Mm. Like, I mean, I'm just gonna say this because it was a really beautiful compliment that a friend of mine paid me recently. Oh, flex. <laughs> yeah, please, flex please do. This shit. is your show, um, baby so no, it's your show, and I'm just <laughs> happy to be here. Um no, a friend of mine after a show that I did in June said she had never heard my band play before and she was like, Your music is like it's like musical grilled cheese. Oh <laughs> is that like the sweetest thing ever? Yeah. Like it was like comfort food, and mm. I was like, man, because all the music that I grew up on was like like, oldies, like, the mm. oldies station, musical theater, because mm. that's what I grew mm. up doing, um, jazz, like, jazz mm. standards, mm. Mm. and then, and then, like, 90s, like, folk pop, like, Sarah McLaughlin and, like, Jewel and, mm. like, Fiona Apple and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, that was, mm-hmm. like... So I feel like all of that, like old school blues and like and like nineties like mm. acoustic like folky girl pop is yeah, like yeah. all woven its way into. So mm. um so I know because people have said to me like mm. you should do corporate stuff that it exists out here. Mm. I don't know anyone who does it though. Mm. Although you know what I think Thea's husband actually used to do corporate events with his old band project.
1: Mm. There must band. be there's so many corporate like oh, there's, there's so and yeah, everybody. Tons. This is such a talented of like hosting Gala totally. parties mm. and like oh God, really totally. splashing those mm. those yeah.
2: parties. Mm. and it really is. I think like anything else, you just meet like mm. one person who's in that world, mm-hmm. and yeah. then you go, Oh hey, so how do I like get into this world?" Yeah, you know, like, yep, yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's that's really interesting. <laughs> mm. Do you have any aspirations of like writing or recording? Oh music yeah, for
3: yourself? I totally did an album. You did? Yeah. Totally. <laughs> is it out? Can we? Hear yeah, it? yeah, it's available. It's called Prototype. It's called Prototype for a reason. It's a prototype. <laughs> Yeah. So, so when I have the band it's it's They were really gracious The band I paid them What I thought was fair And industry prices For you know For an indie uh, right, For indie right. musicians um, But like we were talking about before It's just It's very hard to sustain uh, A career As a singer songwriter If you have to hire the musicians is, Every yeah. time By yourself Yeah it's really difficult so, so I ended up Not performing my songs so much mm. Although when I did the, the response was good Yeah I was lucky to be on TV A couple of times So that That's helped awesome me get some um, exposure and got people to come to my shows.
1: But when you were on TV, you were performing covers, Japanese right? Japanese okay, songs. Yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah, she shreds in Japanese. Yeah, She kills it.
2: Oh my it. gosh, are there like, can I like look you up on YouTube and stuff? Yeah, like, are there videos? yeah this stuff is a little old, but you'll find no, something. No, I'm something. totally looking you up when I get yeah. home. I can't wait to see it. So I'm, like, if you so hear so of someone
3: looking for um, a Kenyan who can sing in Japanese.
1: But can't stay on mic,
3: apparently. Dude, that oh, right. is so specific. Like, how many
2: people out there can say that that's their their niche right like, that's what I can That's what many that's what yeah. says.
3: I don't know if I don't know what the market is would, have ever, would like, make the
1: market. I don't mm.
3: know
2: if this interests you at all, but I do have some friends who've performed on cruise ships, and mm. I feel like that, like you'd be a shoe in for that. And then mm. you would take you away from each other again, mm. which I'm sure you do. Yeah, shut yeah. so right I don't want to split you up. No, but, just reunited, <laughs> yeah. but also, but that's. It. I mean, I know it's an option. It's a really well-paying option too, mm. and they're always looking for. I don't know. I've thought about doing that, mm. like, but I don't. I don't
1: know. The only it's trick really is that she's got a Kenyan passport, so. Just sliding into every oh, country is a, a, a U.S. passport is much more practical yeah. for, for that mm-hmm. kind of work. Yeah, are you
2: able to get a U.S. passport now that? No, you're No, not yet. It'll no. be a couple of years before we can naturalize. Wow, that's so wild! All mm. of that red tape. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> My best friend from college um, mm. is American and married an Englishman too, so mm. they kind of went through. I don't think it was as nearly as tough because mm. the countries are a little closer, but mm. um, yeah. but it was a lot of the same kind of thing where like they literally like they hadn't been dating that. Long, but they were going back and forth, and like she'd spend three months there and then come back and stuff. Mm, mm. And they were just like, "We just don't want to be apart anymore." So I think mm. we have to get married if we want to like be together, right?
3: Like, right?
1: Mm. Um, no, it was it was halfway through immigration that Trump was like, "We don't need immigrants from those shithole countries," and Swink and I were both like, "Jesus <laughs> oh, Christ, God, that's, another yeah. oh, that's another six months.
3: That's
4: another year." Oh. It,
3: it actually oh. does affect because they they reduce the staff, yeah. so there there are fewer people processing the the immigration documents. <sighs> so it did actually affect. You can, you <laughs> Even can, the shutdown The shutdown was so bad Yeah, oh you can affect gosh. a lot of
1: change without legislation Just by moving budget numbers right. around Or right. withholding funds from the immigration department so. Does that the make difference. you
2: furious? Like, that makes me furious And I have no, like, personal connection to that Oh,
1: really? Yeah um, You said a word accidentally, I think Which was furious Which is a combination of angry and terrified <laughs> And uh, that's exactly what I was feeling When yeah. uh, when you were detained at the... At the Airport was uh, mm. like angry and terrified. What the oh, yeah. fuck is going on? And I can't do anything.
3: Right. It's right. helpless. Yeah. Right. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's awful. not not fun. So yeah. Yeah. I
3: was okay. I mean, it was it was snappy. And know a that. lot of the people that, that were really scared. You seem like a real tough cookie. Oh really? <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> yeah, you really do. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I think being from Kenya helps me a lot mm, because I've it. seen a lot of things, mm. and I'm actually one of the lucky ones because mm. you know I was lucky enough to go to high school go to university abroad um no, not from my parents' money. Don't yeah. get the wrong idea. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I just, I, I, I know how it is. I know how it is when you're kind of um, at the bottom of the barrel. No one really thinks about you. Like yeah. with the, when the legislators make their rules and the, they they raise their salaries or whatever, they don't actually know how it affects the rest of us. And I, I know- feel like
2: they don't really care mm. either. Like they right. don't care to think about like. Human beings as human beings—they're right. all just like numbers on a page. Right that, right, that stuff makes me really angry. Right,
3: and I think their interests come first. Yeah, and that's why it's really important to have communities and to take care of each other. Absolutely, and to look out for—I don't even know who our neighbors are, but I just landed. We've only, so. only been here like
4: thirty-six hours. <laughs> but I
3: think it's really important to take care of each other I think in so our communities. Too. Yeah. yeah, well, and
2: that's a beautiful mm. thing about LA too. And I think that's why I've always felt—probably because I grew up in big cities—but I've always felt way safer in mm. big cities than in small communities. Like, mm. I think I mentioned one of my exes Isn't that a, a nightmare yeah. yeah Isn't that
1: the weirdest yeah. thing
2: <laughs> Yeah mm-hmm. It's weird Well I spent like a month With my ex In mm-hmm. rural Illinois Where his family lives mm-hmm. And like his family is great. There's 800 people in his hometown. Like mm. literally, everybody knows. Oh, that's each other. really small. Yeah, and he f- and he always and this dude, like this is my ex who I met in Alaska. He's six four and mm. looks like a fucking lumberjack. Like he mm. is like a big burly guy. Mm. He is like a cream puff. Like he is like mm. s- the most sensitive mm. little teddy bear in mm-hmm. his heart. Mm. But he's like s- scary looking, mm. you know. Mm. And uh, and he was so scared of living in New York. And I'm like this little like you know brassy mm. like city girl. <laughs> and I was like, if no one ever fucks with me, definitely no. one gotta fuck yeah, with right, you right, right, right. but on the flip side like mm. if you're a big like intimidating looking guy sometimes other guys do fuck with you mm. because they try to like and yeah. he's yeah. like not like he doesn't Stabbers really have dominance. like this like chest puffy like mm. alpha thing going on like mm. but um but yeah I spent like and and so when I was in rural Illinois with him mm. and his family's home for mm. a while I was just like it's so quiet here mm. like if anything bad happened to you nobody mm. would know because oh, no, you're for so months. isolated right. like at least in the city like if someone's Following you down the street, mm. like there's other people around, or you can oh, scream you can just, and someone will or come
1: or out. Or go into a bodega or something, and, and literally you're right. around people again. Yeah,
2: right. and, no, and
1: you're, like uh, so, there are cameras everywhere. I've also, had so
2: many instances over the course of like living in a bunch of different cities where like I'd be crying in public for mm. some reason because I'm a fucking crier. <laughs> I cry in public <laughs> me a lot. Too, me too. I'm such a crier. But I remember mm. like one time I was like I was having a fight with my roommate, and I walked. Mm. This is when I was living in Greenpoint in Brooklyn in this like predominantly Polish neighborhood that's mm. now becoming gentrified and turning into like hipster neighborhood Mm. um but I was like upset so I was like crying and took a walk and I was sitting on somebody's stoop like
4: Mm.
2: emotional and this little old Polish man came out and was like do you need help do I need to call someone like Mm. are you okay and Mm. I was like I'm sorry I'm worrying you sir like I'm fine I'm just like I can't handle my feelings right now Mm. but I've had so many like of those kinds of experiences in big cities where people Mm. are just like watching out for each other Mm. like Shit can happen anywhere, like mm. literally like terrifying things can happen literally anywhere. Mm. But there's, you know, I think and there's also just like a more of a, a broader sense of cultural understanding in a place that a lot of people have moved from other places to be, right. not just like like within the world and within the country. It's mm. like, I don't know.
1: That's. How I'm going to jump in and say dude. that's why. That's why I'm cool with racism in New York, but not out in the countryside. Because like they, <laughs> they're around every race. Right, every day. Right. So, are. Well, if you're it's, still it's, racist after that, dude.
2: And the thing about, that's a hell of
1: a chip. You can keep reality. that chip on like, your shoulder.
2: Like because <laughs> it's true in New York. Like especially because there's so many like like communities are very like. They're small in mm. New York Like there's still like The Italian community And the Polish yeah. community And the Aww. Jewish community And the Viz community And that Like people who It's really fascinating Because historically When all these like Different people immigrated From different countries mm. They did kind of settle Different parts of the city And mm-hmm. this was like The Irish Catholic neighborhood mm. And this was the You know Italian Jewish neighborhood Or like whatever mm. And a lot of that Still exists in New York yep. Even though it's a lot of like You know suburban kids From other parts of the country right, right, Who like yeah. You know move there On their parents right. money To go to NYU But like <laughs> But there's still that In like in the outer boroughs and it's and even in, in the city and it's cool as fuck so when people like kind of racially profile each other mm. there is kind of like this begrudging like good nature about it Yeah, mm. you know what I mean like mm. and people aren't fighting each other based on like they're they're just like oh yeah you know Armenians blah 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 and mm. you're like mm. I guess that's true but like also we don't hate you because of where you're from you right, know what right, I mean right. we're just like recognizing like kind of the the c- cultural norms within mm. you're different and we're all
3: coexisting because right. we all
2: choose to coexist. Right. hopefully right. we're
1: all coexisting oh,
2: <laughs> I mean that's the idea yeah I like That's it I
3: like idea. it I like the way it sounds
1: The idea of co- co- <laughs> yeah existing.
3: yeah in Kenya we have many tribes mm. and you know you know how uh during colonization mm-hmm. we just they drew these lines on the land yeah and decided this is my river this is your river and <laughs> so it, it, they cut through yeah they yeah. you know they cut through communities so ev- everyone's all mixed and put together mm. you know so we sometimes we fight yeah but we try to keep it civil because if we did descend into chaos and right. decided to hate each other we could decimate each other, yeah. like what happened in Rwanda. You know, yeah. genocide. That's it. It's only a, uh, it's only a few words away. It's only a few oh, statements man. away because people can incite violence on the radio in Absolutely. their language, and no one will know what they're doing. Yeah. So, this idea of people from different cultures and different backgrounds. Um, intermingling and sort of uh learning how to live together and coexist is very real to me and I I can relate to that so yeah yeah, and we make fun of each other like people from my (laughs) tribe we are known to love money that's what they say about us like if a coin fell two blocks from here I would know what denomination it was I'd be (laughs) like "Ah, that's a penny yeah Do I need to go get it? No
0: okay. <laughs> No nah, it's good. just a pet Yeah yeah <laughs> Not worth yeah. the time So
3: we, we have those <laughs> and, and people from the west The ones who eat the fish uh-huh. Are you know they're, they're smart Because fish have us 3 You know wow. we, we have those things yeah, And yeah, it's yeah, everywhere yeah. And it's nice to hear That in New York They have that too
2: oh, And they're yeah. not killing each other No and it's, it's It literally is the melting pot I mean yeah. everybody's a New Yorker At some point mm. Even though you're also Whatever else you are You know what yeah. I mean But like you're, you're You're brought together By like the shared experience Of how much the subway Sucks, right?
3: How do you feel about LA when when it comes to that? Do you do you find the little communities? I know the one we live in is predominantly Armenian. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah,
2: I live close to an Armenian community too. I live in um like like East Hollywood, so I'm just south of Thai Town, mm. where all the mm. Thai restaurants are. Mm. Um, and it's little, it's the edge of Little Armenia too. And mm. um, yeah, I think it's it's funny. Like LA is so different from New York in the sense that um. Everybody feels a little bit more like I think it's because we drive and we don't like we don't walk places. Mm, And also mm. because the city is so spread out. Mm. So it's like lots of little different cities kind of all Mm -hmm. stuck together. Mm. So like it's it does feel a little more isolated sometimes. Um, That's why I really love where I live now, because Mm. I'm really close to Hollywood. I'm close to Silver Lake. I'm not that far from North Hollywood. I'm not Mm. that far from Koreatown and downtown. Like it feels really central. Mm. And I like kind of. You know, like if I lived out in Pasadena, I think I would feel kind of isolated, isolated or like if I lived okay. on the west side, I would feel isolated. Mm-hmm. I like being in the middle mm-hmm. um, and it's better for gigs and stuff, too, for commuting. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think there's like it, I think in the music community, too, like I hear a lot of my friends talking about feeling like this is kind of a segue, but it's still in the mm-hmm. same it, this sense of isolation, like feeling mm-hmm. like, oh, like, how do I get people to come to my shows who aren't immediately within my community? Like, mm-hmm. how do I bring people in from, you know, who aren't just other musicians or other artists like how do I get like fans like Mm. how do I connect with people who don't do what I do because a lot of the time we're just supporting each other and it's kind of like this echo chamber bubble thing and then it also Mm. becomes a popularity contest of like who is like the hip new band Mm. that is gonna get booked everywhere and everyone's gonna show up for their thing Mm. and those of us who like make music that is kind of like maybe less kind of like current I guess like I I don't know I have a friend who I was talking to today who's like a, a kind of alt country Americana artist mm. and his music is really beautiful and he gets really frustrated that people don't come to his shows in mm. LA and I'm like dude you got a tour because people I'm telling you because he hasn't really done that before mm. I'm like I've toured through the southwest and like up the coast and stuff and like up in Alaska and up in Canada and like mm. people will die over your music in the southwest Mm-mm. like people in Arizona in New Mexico go out to fucking Nashville go to Texas like even just go up to the central coast like mm. people will love your music in a place where they're not like Inundated right. with like all this Stuff because mm-hmm. so I do think that in LA People kind of tend to get like Stuck in their own bubble A mm. little whether it's like a um, You know like a geographical bubble Where you're mm-hmm. like I don't want to sit in traffic for two hours To go visit you if you live in Venice and I Live yeah. in fucking like you know um, Echo Park but mm. like Uh, or if it's like kind of a community bubble where Mm -hmm. it's like, it's a beautiful community and everyone's really supportive, but like, it's just stays within the community if we don't find ways to like branch out and meet. Mm. Um, you know other people that's mm. why I think for musicians like it's 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 really useful to live in a big city especially one like LA where like there are a lot of resources there's a lot of industry resources mm. and you can meet people who have like I have so many friends now who have like home studios and stuff mm, wow. so like you don't have to like have a record deal or have a bunch of money wow. to go make a record if you have a friend who like literally is set up in their living room. It's in mm. LA. Everyone has a fucking home studio here. Mm. Yeah. You know, you just got to know people mm. and then like you can do work trades and you can do all kinds of stuff. People mm. just want to make stuff here. Right. But, um, so that's really useful. But I think, I think a lot of us get too hung up on like, get being stuck in LA and feeling suffocated Mm. because it's like, well, no one's listening to my shit though. Like, Mm. you know, I'm playing the same venues and no one's coming or no one's listening. Everyone's talking over me because everyone's thinking about their own shit, their own show or whatever. Right. So I think it's really important for, for independent artists to find ways of like, reaching beyond their immediate community, Mm. like whether that's utilizing different social media platforms. I have a few friends who are really skilled at that, who do like Periscope, like Mm. live, you know, feeds Mm. of their shows Mm -hmm. or like, or connecting with people outside of LA Mm. um, or just touring, Mm. like touring and and meeting people all over the country. Mm. And the cool thing is the more you tour, in America, like Mm. the more you you then end up with friends all over the country. So then you can keep touring because you know people, you have couches you can crash on Mm. and you have like, if you've been to Arizona and they love your music there, you know you can go back and they're gonna come back to your show and Mm. they're gonna bring their friends, you know, and the local radio station might like, you know, pick you up and Mm. like give you a like, I don't know, I think, it's important to branch outside, but that was the mm. segue. <laughs> I no, just, like, no, spun no. That out I was. Into a whole I was just thing. thinking
3: what, about what you were saying. It, it applies in Tokyo too. It's a city thing. Yeah. In Tokyo, oh my gosh, we would play these really good shows, and not so many people would turn out. Mm. But then we decide to tour. Yeah. Oh my gosh Filling out halls Dude oh. Being exotic mm. Or like yes. You know Like And especially like
2: If you're from LA Like mm. I was just in Alaska Again touring with uh, A girlfriend of mine For a couple of weeks mm. And people are literally like It's mm. Alaska It's mm. like fishermen and shit And yeah. tourists yeah. And then these <laughs> two like California blondes walk in And we're just like We're here hey. to play some music <laughs> And like And people are like What the fuck is happening yeah, Like you're yeah. when you're a novelty mm. It's like And nobody's a novelty in LA No Because we're all like yeah. A novelty somewhere else And that's why we right movie. here right right and then we all just like blend in with yeah. our own like eccentricity yeah <laughs> yeah yeah
3: yeah which is beside which goes against the original point which was you know to be remain true to yourself yeah. and to find yourself right yeah, hey. yeah. okay yeah. touring hmm. yeah dude
2: totally totally <laughs> i'm a big advocate of that oh mm. okay Pew and yeah, learn something.
1: and bring your media team along. Bring your
3: media yeah? team. Yeah. You come with me. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's perfect. Would you let me shoot you
1: mm-hmm. with a camera?
3: With a camera. <laughs> with a camera, yes.
1: Oh, that sucks. <laughs>
3: That's terrible. Do that again. Okay. There we go. That's Good what we job. wanted to do. Yay. Please
1: pull the first <gasps> card from the Ooh, ball Oh,
3: yes. Oh my gosh. I'm We're turning this little over
1: to previous guests on the Ooh. Hollywood Fishbowl. Okay,
3: what if we to got- host
2: who are you missing right now? Oh
1: my god! And how do we Aww. want to do this? Do we want to do like round table?
2: Oh yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Uh,
1: wait, this was a terror. Nobody, I was missing Swinky for the last year and a Yay. half.
0: <laughs>
3: now you don't have to miss her anymore. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Swinky, you better have an equally romantic <laughs> answer.
3: You're a silly goose. Well, right now, I just I miss my mom. Oh, That's okay. all. Is she in Kenya? No, she's somewhere else oh. as a spirit. Oh, yeah. Mom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I miss my mom. Yeah. We, who do you miss? Who are you missing right now? Um,
2: is it bad if I say no one? Like, I don't no, know. It's no, fine. no yeah, it's yeah. fine. I don't <laughs> yeah, I, right. uh, you not missing anybody. I, you know, I
1: missed you I, enough. I, for I, count. I
2: sometimes miss people who I like. Like, I'm, I don't miss people when I don't see them. Like, I mm. do, but I, I've just moved so many places that mm. I get used to not seeing people that I really care about for right. long periods of time right. and not knowing when I'm going to see them again. So mm. I'm kind of okay with it. But mm. sometimes, like, when I miss... So what you're
1: saying is you're not going to miss us after this report, Yeah, you'd be like... honestly.
2: But I will
3: think of this conversation so fondly forever. <laughs> oh, okay. I really will. And <laughs> I'll tell everybody about missing. it for, that's like, a long one, time. That's a really itinerant mindset. Yeah. You just... You move on. That's I a do. No, mind I'm really good at that. But I... I
2: get I do I have I have a real nostalgic streak so I tend to mm. miss um times of my mm-hmm. life or like like I don't know I I miss like or, or people who are right there with mm, me, mm-hmm. but I miss them if they can't be present with me. Right. And I'm like, man, I just wish you could be present with me. It feels like you're so far away, even though you're mm, right here. Mm, like, oh,
1: that's worse than than the person. That's right. like the worst mm. thing that's in the world. That's the only is- missing
2: that has been exper- I've been experiencing in my heart lately is missing a person who I once felt very close to and Aww. I'm still geographically close to, but cannot be emotionally close to because he can't.
1: Is that mm-hmm. ongoing and even affecting things today? Or am I pulling the curtain too far back with that question?
2: <laughs> well, since nobody else knows the context of it, I will answer it with a absolutely. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Should I put this back? Or? No, no, no. We'll no, leave Phoebe, it out. We'll leave, me
1: leave, me leave me it out. out. And Let no further questions. <laughs> I'm not here to throw anyone under the bus. Swingy, why don't you pull a fishbowl <laughs> but question? I'm not up? a
3: guest.
2: You can no, still geez, pull
1: so th- Thank you, Phoebe. Good Lord. <laughs>
3: What are these this rules? I don't understand now. these rules.
1: People. There are no rules.
3: <laughs> what? No, I'm not answering that. You have
1: to ask it first. Well, I'll answer it. What is
3: it? <laughs> there you go,
2: Phoebe. Underrated sexual or romantic act.
1: You, you. There's not That's- even a single romantic act that you don't want to speak on.
2: I only read the first part. Sorry. Oh, oh. underrated. Okay, so okay. what's an underrated romantic thing?
1: You're gonna really be in a corner because I uh, I complete the every romantic checklist that you've ever composed so I th- perfectly.
3: <laughs> I th- I think all right grooming, grooming. Yes, I okay. really think you it's think it's a little bit underrated and people mm. think it's embarrassing, but I th- I think it's really sweet and it makes me feel close. When you groom the other person or when they groom themselves for you. When you groom them. Oh, I think that's sweet too. Yeah, (laughs) I do, I really do. Mm. Like, you know, yeah, I do. Yeah, I think sometimes I embarrass him a little bit, but it's just, you know, I think about him. that's a total affectionate. Like, my Mm. mom
2: used to do that Mm. shit to me in public, like, and Mm. it made me so angry. (laughs) But it's like, but it is, it's a real, like, that's a real form of intimacy, I Mm. think. Mm. Or like, you know, when you like wash your, person's back in the shower or right, something right, like right. that yeah, kind of yeah, is yeah. very yeah. romantic I think it's very intimate and something a, only, only the one's two good of you can do because it can
1: overlap it can mm. be both romantic and then sexual it can mm. be that's a delightful one I,
2: mm. it is although I f- like the, the shower thing um mm. the like doesn't really work. It doesn't no. work out too well in my experience no, my <laughs> it's more goodness. romance more sexy in theory than in practice no. <laughs> okay let's. but just like hanging out like i don't know that is mm. something i miss about being in a relationship like mm. i like mm. just like hanging out and like chit-chatting in the shower together and oh. being like let me wash your yeah. back honey mm. what are we doing today for lunch like yeah. that to me is, is like is way more romantic than like trying to do it in the shower like that mm. just no gets no, no. Messy. doing it in the shower
1: it <laughs> never works but as as like a, a warm-up
2: as it's a warm up yeah. Okay yeah, yeah It's, it's I a delightful it. place To, a little, to yeah, get to yeah, try up. things.
3: Also you're clean Also yes. you're clean Yeah <laughs> Yeah how about that These this turned out To be a great question Yeah see? Cause Phoebe asked it It was the Phoebe magic <laughs> oh, Yeah okay. <laughs> okay your turn Pick one
1: Nobody wants to know What I think oh, is no, underrated no I do, I do. Oh, wait,
3: yep, Sorry, you. <laughs> sorry.
1: No I'm joking sorry.
3: What do you think what? Is
2: underrated
1: In the world of sex I think nothing I think humans have Appropriately rated sex On there. Meters of how much they like Everything, it. Okay, good. Everything is appropriately <laughs> rated.
3: <laughs> this is horn ball. That's that's so <laughs> oh my god!
1: We broke new ground. Nobody, I have not been called this hornball on, <laughs>
3: on this podcast on the air. Billy, I like
1: him. <laughs> is it my turn to? Oh, and anyone's allowed to ring this bell. I am not the the bell commander. What is the bell like the signify? bell means the, that's done. <laughs> oh, oh, moving the on. Next moving part. on to the okay, next thing. Gotcha. I guess okay. I should set that up at the beginning. If we ever I had asked you a question that you. You were not keen to answer. You could oh, have rung out. Can but
3: tell I, by now, I love talking. Oh about yeah, you I'll talk you about just about anything. anything. <laughs> like, That's really easy for people <laughs> who ask you questions. Then
1: you better be ready to answer this. How old were you when you first got paid for working?
2: Oh, wow. That's a a practical question. That's a very practical question. I feel like the person who asked that question was probably a Virgo or a Capricorn. Um, They did not mark their star
1: sign on the car. They
2: should have. I'm guessing their star sign. (laughs) Um, I think the first time I got paid for working was... um, actually, my mom, my mom's a violin teacher. That's why I play violin. Mm. a Suzuki violin teacher to be specific. And I also teach now because of because she taught Sorry, me. What does that mean? a Suzuki um, violin teacher? Oh Suzuki, it's a Suzuki violin method was a um. It was, it's a method of teaching music that mm-hmm. was created by a Japanese man. Okay. Whose last name was Suzuki. Suzuki. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, it's very, it's like world. It's all based on ear training. Oh, so, okay. um, so with violin in particular, it's like you learn posture, you learn where to put your fingers and violin is a tricky instrument to learn because you don't have frets like a guitar. Yeah. Or keys, yeah, yeah. like a,
1: you got to learn how to hear it. Yeah. In it's all, So to it's all
2: ear training. So you don't really learn how to read music for like the first few years. Mm. You just learn everything by ear and how to put your fingers. And eventually you learn how to read music. Mm. Um, So anyways, my mom started teaching me how to teach when I was like, I think I was like Twelve, um, I was really young because her mom had also been a Suzuki music mm. teacher and had taught her how to teach when she was a kid. And so that's how she started teaching professionally, like when she was a teenager. So she mm. taught me how to teach. And and for a while, because she used to have a private studio in, um, in Toronto and she had like 40 students or something. She got like really well known. Mm. And then she kind of was just like didn't have time to like take on new students. So she would get new students and pass them off to me. So I was mm. like 13 teaching violin lessons. Oh, wow. Wow, and Is getting that trippy? Paid. Yeah. What did you getting do with the money? Um, I don't know. Probably like bought stickers and school supplies and stuff. Like something <laughs> yeah. dark candy. I don't know. Like whatever thirteen year olds do with right. money. Like oh, I God. wasn't saving for college. I wasn't that practical. <laughs> <laughs> Does your mom visit you sometimes? Every now and then we have a really um tumultuous relationship Ooh. so we're best Aww. if we only see each other like once a year and that's usually she comes out to visit she wants to go to Disneyland she buys my ticket we hang out at Disneyland for a day my brother usually drives up from San Diego and mm. like the three of us go but um but yeah it's a whole other story for another mm. day okay. <laughs> okay. that's
1: why we have the bell, that's be why we have part the
2: bell. there you go All right, except now everyone else has to answer that question oh
1: about the getting paid yeah. uh, well, 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 that's just, it was at the Kutztown Folk Festival my Sister and I would uh, we we thought we were volunteering to help out at the country kitchen <laughs> where we would make uh, we would make uh, chow chow and churn butter for the guests. <laughs> um, and then at the end of the week, the ladies who ran it gave us each a crisp ten dollar bill. <laughs>
3: Ooh, <laughs> nice! Yes. And then
1: I went adorable. out and got marbles from the marble maker. And I don't know what Selena got with her money.
2: Marbles from the marble maker. Yes. which where is this marble maker does he still exist
1: yeah it was at the folk festival so it's a lot of like folk art and that is
2: so cool and
1: I was always into the marbles there it was very fun for me
2: oh my gosh that's cool Wow! Swanky. I,
3: I so was charming. I was I think I was nineteen. Mm. It was a youth conference that was held in Kenya,
2: mm-hmm. and
3: and uh, the people from all over uh, Africa. And I was, I don't know, I was an usher. That's what I was. Oh. I was an usher, and the organizer refused to pay us. So yeah, so I remember it being a huge scandal.
1: Did you get paid in the end, or is this story a lie?
3: Um, I think we got paid. I think we got paid, but But it took so long. Right? Yeah, yeah. It took so long. Doesn't it suck when people refuse to pay you after you've done the job? I know. Yeah. Yeah, that's no good. Yeah. Does that happen sometimes in LA? Um, (laughs) Wait, no. Wait, why did you laugh? Did it happen to you?
1: uh, No, 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 because it can happen anywhere. Being in a union town definitely helps. There are a lot of watchdogs eager to to find people who break the rules. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. you can get ripped off anywhere. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's Mm. for sure. Mm. Mm. Most of the time I find sometimes you just have to hunt people down. (laughs) And it takes a while and that's Mm. annoying. But I've also been guilty of that, too, because, you know, money is a tough thing Mm. when you're a
3: freelancey person. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All
1: right. Swinky, grab a car. There we go. Get your car
3: I, We already did it the underrated um, act. Oh, That's is why it you my turn another? again? Wait, did you not pull a second
2: one?
1: Yeah, I didn't you pull supposed a second. To do oh, twice. I'm so sorry Phoebe.
3: That's, That's
2: okay.
1: okay I oh, I, I have my tail between my legs covered <laughs> in shame.
2: Unnecessary. No shame necessary this is Unacceptable no hosting. Shame. No, it's great. It's great. Um, okay. Let's see. I want to get a good one yeah a good one (laughs) um okay what does this say oops I didn't mean to hit the bell um What's the sexiest thing you've had to do On set? <laughs> Who's writing these Questions?
1: People who like Sexy things. I've okay. never
2: I've never, I don't think had t- Have
1: you done the background stuff at all? I or? haven't
2: done background I've, I haven't i have been on a lot of sets I used to do a little bit of indie film stuff In New York, like I was mm-hmm. on like this, this Funny um, Like horror web series <laughs> Where I like got killed by this anyways that's the only time i've really been like on a set set but uh mm. but i have i'm trying to think about plays that i've done cuz i used to do plays mm. um i've had a few sexy moments in plays but nothing like really like aside from like heavy making out and i think i took my shirt off one time in a play mm. in the fringe festival mm. <laughs> <Anywhere, there's laughs> oh, in like, oh, there's always like there's all the French sexy festival. shit <laughs> in the fringe festival <laughs> but um <laughs> But yeah like nothing really super duper scandalous mm. sets anyone how, how about you on
3: sets? i haven't been on a set where any sex ah i was in one movie mm-hmm. but no nothing sexy no <laughs> i was the pregnant wife that's oh. all yeah. so
1: something sexy had happened <laughs> to yeah. you Before in the context the movie. in the <laughs> diegetic <laughs> world <laughs> yes y'all <laughs> that's smashed. about it
3: how about you Pew?
1: well okay let's be honest pretty much everything i do is sexy whether i'm <laughs> on set or off, off so it's hard to pick a top ranking sexiest Drive. thing. I've done Oh show up
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> The
2: sexiest it's thing good. I've done is show, show up. up
1: Yeah oh, First year of school we're I was in a uh, High school like we were doing a movie that was about High school and they needed a makey outy couple in the background mm-hmm. And we went fucking ham yeah. We went crazy <laughs> Well at
2: high school hormones are raging yeah. You're like yeah, yeah like, no. You know, it's in the script so Yeah <laughs>
1: We were eating Ah. each other's uvulas, as they
2: say. (laughs) Ew! That does not sound sexy. Really? (laughs) That sounds terrible. Yeah, it does.
1: That's (laughs) why we have the bell. I'm gonna pull. Here's I'm really gonna pull good. next, so you can get the last pull, okay? Okay. Because I want to honor my wife g- by giving her the last pull from the fishbowl, okay? <laughs> As the Bible instructs.
3: <laughs> I accepted, you know, put your wife last. I, I it's okay. I'm, it's okay. It, no, it you are the grand
1: finale, darling. <laughs>
3: oh.
1: Another set question: What is the most annoying thing you encountered on set?
3: Well, a lot people. of people have been on sets. Well, it's. It's, it's LA. LA. It's, LA. <laughs> it's
1: what okay, we yeah. do here. Yeah, it's true.
2: Everyone's been on a set in Somewhere, some capacity yeah? in LA. Yeah.
3: I think that must be true.
1: What's the most annoying thing?
3: You uh, said people, but you got to be more specific. No, Everyone
1: was annoying? I don't know. It was I was like feeling grumpy about single issue voters and I ended up on this bo- bus with the girl who would vote uh Vote against any candidate who was in favor of expanding abortion rights in America. And it was one of those things like, like, that's important to you. And I respect that. But there's so much else baked into every candidate that if that's the only metric you're using, you're kind of like fucking up what a vote is Mm -hmm. and you're basically throwing it away in a violent fashion. Instead of just not going to the polls, you're like, you're being aggressive. Yeah, And I kind of feel that way about for any single issue vote that it's like, you're kind of fucking up the equation if you're going to, if this person who is gonna have control over tax law, over immigration law, over women's rights, over LGBTQ rights, over every yeah, yeah. over food sanity, yeah, over literally like, everything. Everything affects us. And if you're isolating it to one thing that you believe in like you're just you've 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 sacrificed your capacity to think rationally mm. on a multitude of topics congratulations on having one opinion on one thing see i did get fired up apparently this yeah, was more annoying annoyed. than i thought no, it was no
2: that's okay it sounds yeah. like you needed to let that out that would annoy <laughs> me too mm.
1: it didn't help that she's on the other side of the equation like i'm on the other side of the equation that we should have abortion rights in Correct. america so that didn't help but it reminded me that 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 i have this feeling about this thing like Totally, direction.
2: I totally get that. Totally get that. Mm. You would be annoyed too. Yeah. Mm.
1: We can expand this to stage. Let's add yeah, set which. or stage. Yeah, because I mean, we've got more
2: performers. I'm then. trying to remember like mm. things that are annoying, and I don't remember feeling annoyed very
3: often. Because mm, You're so comfortable on set. And, yeah. Or, I mean, on stage. Uh, yeah. What about like drunk
1: crowd people? Do they ever fuck up your flow or get in your head or?
2: You kind of just get used to them, honestly. Mm. Like, I don't know. I. Uh,
1: can I ask a question? I'm gonna try. I'm not trying to needle you to find annoying things.
2: But, <laughs> but what about like
1: people hitting on you? Does um, that ever get obnoxious?
2: Yeah. Okay. Actually, totally. And that that is something that like. Well, it doesn't happen until like after you get off stage, right? Mm-hmm. Because there is this thing that happens when you're on stage mm-hmm. where people see you as kind of larger than life. And actually, mm-hmm. when I was doing the dinner theater in Alaska, this used to happen a lot because I was like not only on stage, but I was literally like serving people in character in a showgirl costume. Right, right. Yeah. And so people like treat you like a, like a, you know like you're not a real person You're mm. like a character to them And they don't yeah, like yeah, realize yeah. That you're like a human being Underneath there mm. So like um, And I had some weird Experiences with that But I definitely Like recently Actually now that you bring it up I Okay so I played a show I'm gonna talk about this On this podcast mm. I played a show A couple months ago at my own set With my band And like There was a fan There Who I know And have known um, From around Showing up to different shows Mm -hmm. uh, Who like got drunk And after my set Like got kind of like handsy with me uh-huh. got like a little inappropriate mm. and I was really angry. Mm. Um my my knee-jerk reaction to the way that he interacted with me was like to get angry and <laughs> yell at him mm. in front of people because like mm. all my friends were there and we were like standing outside after my show. Yeah. And then later I went home and I and I got really, really depressed mm. because I felt like first of all, there it's such a vulnerable thing to be a performer to begin with. Like you give so much of yourself in a mm. performance mm. and i i usually feel really emotionally depleted afterwards mm-hmm. um like the next day because it, there's like a it, it's like literally like a serotonin drop like it's like coming oh, off yeah. of drugs and like so you feel really you know i are always feel a little like sensitive after a big show but I, even more so i felt because i felt really objectified in a venue and a, a, a situation where like I I should have felt empowered. And I did yeah, feel empowered yeah, yeah. when I was on stage mm. because it was a really good show. The response was really good. Like the the crowd was supportive and mm. my band killed it and I felt like I killed it. And then literally like my whole memory of the whole performance was wiped out because Aww. of this guy kind of like, you know, touching me in a way that I didn't like, Mm, mm. um, twice after Mm. I yelled at him the first time. Mm. Um, and I felt so kind of demeaned and devalued, like Mm. none of the things that I do on stage matter to this person Mm. or, or to, or to people who only will see me as like an Mm. object to put their hands on. Mm. Well,
1: that, yeah, that, that's, that's like, uh, uh, disrupting the whole, the whole flow is like is this guy a fan of the music or is he just trying to get up on? Yeah
2: and like there's a I talk about this with a lot of my female artist friends mm. because all of us have a similar shared experience of like oh yeah like if you're an attractive girl and you're you're putting yourself out there in a vulnerable way and you're talented like you're gonna attract male fans you're just going mm, yeah, to yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Mo- it's just a thing and like that doesn't it's not a good thing or a bad thing it's just a thing mm. and like you know there are plenty of people who don't cross that line and and i feel genuinely like supported like by them as an artist mm-hmm. like by them showing up or them you know watching stuff or sharing words of like you know th- I- Something I I posted a video of res- like resonated with them, mm. um, but there is this weird thing, and and to me it's very knee-jerky because I think mm. in, in for a lot of women, especially like after you've kind of been around for a while, like mm. we all have had experiences of feeling violated, mm. um, and so I get a little like particularly like sensitive mm. towards it, mm. um, where I'm like, God, can you even see me as a person? Like, mm. is yeah. this? It's not really about, and it's really not about like. Like, to me, that's kind of more of a cultural problem than mm. a specific problem. And with this specific person, like, I, I had a lot of empathy because I have a lot of really close male friends who are very confused right now about, like, the ways that they've been kind of conditioned to see mm. and treat women. Mm. And and they're really trying to, like, grapple with that. Right. And, and, and change it and mm. be like, shit, I had no idea, like, when all the Me Too stuff started coming out, like, that's so, like, this was the experience that all these women in my life had all had.
4: Like. Mm. Mm-hmm.
2: so it's, I, 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 really feel for like my male friends who are like, holy shit, like w- we didn't even know that we've been trained to like, you know, talk about women this way or see women this way. And now mm-hmm. we're trying to not because we like care about our friends, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And, and about each other. Um, but there is like talk about self-awareness. I think with this particular person and with lots of people I've, I've met, there's kind of this still this veneer still of, like, not being able to really look at yourself and go, shit. Like, the way that I see this person is kind of fucked up. And, like, they're a human being underneath mm. whatever. Like, mm, whatever yeah. I wear, whatever I look like, whatever I sing about, whatever I share, like, isn't really the point at the end of the day. Like, mm. th- we're all still people. I think that women do that to men, too, sometimes. Like, mm. kind of just... Uh, we Human beings do that to each other. Mm-hmm. We, we commodify each other. Mm. And I really, like... Have a, a like very real problem with it,
3: right? Right, anyways, mm-hmm. that was a
2: long winded answer, but no, it's no. I,
1: I'm I'm wondering if we should pull another card or that was that was a uh, very beautifully said. So, should we just kind of like end it there? What do you want to do? I'll leave it up to you. Should we pull one more and see if we get something wacky and silly?
2: Let's pull one more as a palate cleanser, <laughs> okay?
3: Okay, um. cool,
1: cool, cool. We'll give it, and uh, Swinky, if you would be so kind, you
3: want me to pull it? Okay. Yes. All right, come on. Get a good one. Get a happy one. Yes. Oh. (laughs) Who is, was your greatest influence? Oh,
2: I love that question.
3: Me too. I don't know.
2: Do you guys, just one of you want to answer?
1: Wait, you you mean the me too movement?
3: No, I mean, um, I, I like the question.
1: Mm. Uh, wait what was the question who I is, who
3: is, was, was your, your greatest, greatest influence
1: Oh okay. that's easy uh, mm. Harry David Eshelman my grandfather Aww. No questions asked he's the one Yeah, yeah he
3: does wear his bow ties oh He, my inherited God. All he was
1: a bow tie bow guy And mm. when that's he adorable. passed away I got the collection You
3: should bring bow ties back like, Yeah
2: I, i'm doing my part babe you are you are let's like let's talk get to cats. them out
1: there bring
2: back the bow ties we already brought back hats bow ties are next mm. yes
1: yes you know what else is back i never saw this one uh the fanny pack i know oh my god
3: i love it too. i'm happy about i just about hit the mic this. Again no. i'm so excited <laughs> about fanny packs no, <laughs> the excitement super, is poppable super
2: into the fanny pack mm-hmm. i
1: thought that was done dusted forgotten i
2: love them everything comes back around oh yeah and as
1: soon as it came back I was like oh yeah I do have a lot of shit that I carry around all the time would
2: like, right. it be like, great yeah. just strap it to my hip Yep, so, yeah. so easy a yeah. cell phone yeah. a a couple of albums.
1: pens and notepad
2: yeah, yeah. It's, done. it's like deeper you pockets it? Yeah, you yeah. pants without pockets and not worry about it yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: welcome <laughs> back
2: Yes, <Yeah. laughs> got yeah, fired bany bany up packs. about fanny <laughs> facts f- <laughs> who is was
3: your oh gosh this has so easy for. is my mom Oh, is my mom she was a very gracious sweet wise woman very patient she lived a lot seen a lot and she was still full of love even Mm. though you know she she had every reason to be bitter but she was not and I think that's really beautiful and I really 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 want to be like her I used to tell her if I could be half the woman you are I'm set. Oh, I'm set. Just I'm sure you've have already sur- surpassed oh, that man, I cool. hope I, well, you know, greatest influence on me. Oh, that's my mom.
2: That's yeah. beautiful. That's really beautiful.
3: Your turn thieves. That's such a hard question. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel, cause I
2: feel very easily influenced by lots of people. I feel influenced by people every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if we're talking like, you know, lifelong I don't know. Like, my dad is a really great dude. He's mm. a really, like, we are really different people. We have really different personalities. Mm-hmm. He is a retired district attorney. Mm. He's very type A. Mm. And uh, he got this, like, because my mom is the opposite. And, mm-hmm. um, it's one of the reasons why they split up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, years and years and years Resentant ago. Him. But uh, he got this, like, kind of crazy wild eccentric creative daughter but i also Mm. think like a lawyer like Mm. i have a lot of of both of my parents in me Mm. and um and i have always just really admired my dad's commitment to um just like making the world a better place in whatever small way he can like his politics he's very into politics like Mm. um recreationally his Mm. politics (laughs) are very progressive Mm. and always have been um and uh And he just like really is really dedicated to his family and always has been Mm. to the point where like when I was younger, we used to butt heads about, um, you know, he's he's he he can be kind of controlling. He's really he's really softened as Mm. he's gotten older. He's in his 60s now. Mm. And I really like I was talking to my mom and I was like, dad is really just like, you know, like he's he's just grown so much and he's Mm. still growing as a person like his like I think that's my my mom was like really your dad because he was so controlling when we were married Mm. I was like yeah well that's just because he's like he thinks that his way is the best way and he wants you to do the best you can Mm. so I was like well he always wanted me to do things his way because he thought his way was the best for me (laughs) but it wasn't Mm. about him being right Mm. like it wasn't about an ego thing it was really just about him wanting the best for for me Right. but it was kind of Man, and I didn't get that You hearing
1: all this. Swing? Yeah, you get you're hearing all this. <laughs>
2: yeah, I didn't. You. I didn't understand that until mm-hmm. well into my adulthood, though. Mm. Like I kind of like crashed and burned when I left New York, and like had a little bit of a nervous breakdown, and then mm. moved. And moved home at twenty nine for mm. like a few months. Mm. And and it was almost like my dad and I were meeting each other all over again, as like but with me as an adult, like mm-hmm. well into adulthood. now. That is
1: so fun getting to re know your parents as as it's adults. The best. It's wild. Mm. It's
2: it's wild, but wow. it's honestly like yeah. I. I like appreciate my parents even though I have like issues with my mom like Mm. I understand her so much better now I understand my dad so much better I understand my childhood better Mm. and like and I will say about both of my parents like they and my stepmom too because my stepmom has been in my life for like more than 20 years Mm. and I consider her a parent too Mm. they're all you know people well into middle age who are still growing and are really committed to being open-minded and growing. Wow. And and I think mm. that's really amazing. Cause mm. there are a lot of folks who kind of hit middle age and just
3: stagnate. Yeah,
2: yeah. And I've always been afraid of that. And I I kind of feel like I have really good role models for that, even though it's hard, like, mm. and there's a lot of like, you know, family conflict and stuff, but we've all kind of gotten to a point now where my brothers are in their thirties now too, and late twenties. And, mm. you know, it's like you grow up enough and everybody starts relating to each other as human mm. beings and mm. everybody learns from each other. and. I don't know. That's kind of my whole thing about like why I write so much about relationships because I think that they're really um, just like the only thing that really fucking matters at the end of the day. Like like what else are we doing in life if not just relating to each other and the world around us? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like if I ever start to feel self-conscious or cliche about writing about relationships, I'm like, well, but that's like
3: all there fucking is. So, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I got a question as we bust on up out of here. Yeah. Is there a song of yours that we could play at the end of this recording after we all sign off that oh. so people can get a sense of your flavor?
2: I don't have anything like produced really out right now. I have some live stuff kind of on my um, my Spotify. I wish I had something like queued up and ready to give you. Oh, not mm. even right
1: now. I mean, yeah. we, I can Maybe. go to YouTube or whatever and get the audio yeah. off if you've got something. Can Is that possible? Can yeah. we give them a, a flavor? I'll
2: I'll send you something. Is that okay after That's perfect. I leave? That's perfect. Yeah. We do some editing I'm getting in the yeah I'm getting in the studio like next week actually because I'm trying to get music out like at least a single by the end of the year and stuff and an album next year it's just Mm. it's taken me a long time to kind of develop my creative vision enough to get to the point where I felt like ready to do that and now I'm kind of like oh I see what the thing is I know these songs they've been out in the world I've been playing them for a couple Mm, years like mm. now I know what they need and they're ready to be and I'm also getting more adept at writing to a place where um, I'm like, oh, this song, I, I get it now. Like mm-hmm. I wrote, like my writing, I think is evolving to the point where I'm like, I know exactly what this needs to sound like and to be in the world. Wow. So mm-hmm. I'll send you some live stuff. Send send us
1: some stuff. It'll be half
2: baked, but raw. That's know? okay. <laughs> half baked <laughs> is the, like, our, you.
1: that's our, yeah, that's our wheelhouse. That's
2: where yeah, we're most at home. Yeah, yeah. Nice and gooey Amen. a all.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> then let's, let's get some plugs going so we can we can share your, your yeah, brilliance with the, you. the the oh, audience. You guys
2: are awesome.
1: So um, <laughs> I'll go first because I'm the least interesting. We want the person that people are actually going to be trying to figure out last <laughs> right. so they have time to open up their phones or get a pen out. J- at JJ Kester. Uh, no, no. This is at HW Fishbowl. This is the Hollywood Fishbowl that we're talking about yeah. right yeah. now.
3: Yeah, but they can also look at, at JJ Kester on Instagram. Yeah, uh, follow yeah
1: and hollywoodfishbowl.com for more episodes. Episodes. Swinky, where can people find you if they like? Of course, they liked what they heard.
3: Please look for Swinky Doodles on Instagram. Swinky
1: Doodles. At Swinky Doodles. At
3: swinky doodles yes. Cutest. Keep your eyes peeled. You <laughs> might. You might make a camp. Oh, I'm right sorry. Now. I'm not
1: trying to bully you into writing one okay. about today. But- <laughs>
3: Uh, but our guest, Pew, you're being rude. Let I'm you
1: know. being horribly rude. I rescind yes. microphone oh control and gosh. pass it to Phoebe with the one question: If people liked what they heard, <laughs> where could they find more of you?
2: Um, like really, the place I hang out most digitally is the Instagram. I'm at Fiborama, Phoeborama. P H O E B O R A M A. Um, I don't know. I post a lot of things. I'm thinking about things. I'm doing shows. I'm playing. I'm playing a lot of shows. All, all the time so um, And once I get my ass in the studio And I have some stuff to like really put out Into the world that's where I'll be posting about it first I'm on Facebook too but Do you put, um, post
3: your schedule on Rama?
2: Yeah I do I post everything mm. I post show posters I usually like on my um, profile Like when you go to my, my page Or my mm. feed or whatever mm. like I'll put Whatever my next show is the okay. place the location The date the time whether okay, it costs okay. any money Or not mm. Um yeah, and just and any collaborations that I'm doing with people, I collaborate with a lot of different people in a lot of different capacities, and I'm um, mm. I'm also very passionate about um, sharing work that my friends do because they're all amazingly brilliant. Yeah, um, wow. I follow
1: your feed; it is Yay, a delight. Thank it is you. a That's very good feed. Yes, I'm glad you highly like recommended.
3: <laughs> nice.
1: Then let's GTFO so they can yeah. hear your brilliance. Is yeah. That, yeah,
3: people, go look for Phibes Rock. They don't have to. We're gonna bad.
1: play something as soon as we, oh, as, oh, soon as, we yes. the, as we sign Listen, up. Listen,
3: don't go. Yay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: alright let's get out oh of here
3: oh <laughs> my gosh you too! I can't my heart is just like swelling <laughs> hashtag <Thank laughs> <you so much. laughs> relationship goals over Aww. here uh, thank you so much for coming on we do thank really you. appreciate We're it happy to have you here. and having tea with us yeah. and telling us your stories thanks for telling me yours bye bye <laughs> Maybe
0: my softness comes with a price, but it's worth it. I'm throwing glitter into darkness to illuminate the void. And maybe I needed to break apart to put myself together. And maybe it's time to get a little more particular. And maybe you're the lover I was waiting for. Maybe you're the devil I deserve. Maybe. And maybe you're a little unsure with all this rising and falling and rising and falling and rising and falling again I'm getting stronger and softer and stronger and softer and stronger and softer and yet shouldn't I get a chance at a kind romance the kind that soothes the chaos at the end of another day and so I, 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 I I'm I giving myself there is that Inside of me, blinded by glitter that covers the darkness, I can barely hide. And all of my lovers have loved me so perfectly and perfectly. Yet when I feel that perfection, they cast me aside. Yeah, and maybe you're the lover I was waiting for. Maybe you're the devil I deserve. Maybe I'm a little overzealous, and maybe you're a little unsure. With all this rising and falling and rising and falling and rising and falling again I'm getting stronger and softer and stronger and softer and stronger and softer And and yet I can't seem to take a stand for an honest man And honestly man I can't tell anymore if it's them or if it's me And so I, 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 I'm giving myself this valentine This is the hell and die She's grown into a fearless woman on the rise And I don't want to leave you behind But it's now or never Right now I've run out of time And so I, I, am giving myself the inspiration